What's happening, weirdos? I am so thrilled that the one of the funniest people in the world, and certainly one of the best stand-ups in the world, who happens to be in their 20s, which is insane, Taylor Tomlinson is back. This is her second appearance on the show. I'm so glad she came back. Very different from the first one. It, it was really, really interesting to see how she's grown and, and evolved, and I'm really excited for you guys to hear it. A couple things to plug up top. Uh, I do a monthly stand-up show. I'm sure Taylor is going to be on it very soon. Maybe, I don't know. I'll have to ask her to do this one. August 5th is the next uh, Living at Largo. Go to largo-la.com for tickets to that. It is, is that, is that, what is, what? yeah, July, August. That's right, August. Uh, sorry, little real moment. A little real moment. Uh, but if if you're listening to this later, watching this late, we do it every month. So just go to Largo-LA.com. We do it once a month. Come to any show. Judd Apatow, Mulaney did it recently. Uh, Amy Schumer. It's been incredible. So, and it's always, always fun. Bill Bird did the last one. Come check it out. Go to Largo-LA.com. Com. I'm also going to be at Montreal just for laughs this year. We're also doing a live You Made It Weird for all our Canadian weirdos. Go to, I believe it's hahaha.com for that. And I'm going to be at Just for Laughs Escapes, which is the Just for Laughs uh, festival in Cancun, Mexico. So check that out if you are going to be or want to take a trip to Cancun to be with me, Craig Robinson, Dane Cook, some really wonderful shows and some live podcasts there as well. Hope to see some vacationing weirdos or just people that live in Mexico. That would be incredible. I'm super excited, you guys. We have a new Pete's Pick on this episode. And run, do not walk to check this one out. This app is brought to us by our friends at Brain FM. Brain FM has been a part of my daily creative routine for years now, and I'm so happy to be partnering with them. Every morning, I sit down at my computer, throw on my headphones, these headphones, hit focus, hit creative flow, and boom, I'm in the pocket, ready to work, create, and focus. Without it, I find it so much harder to complete tasks. I procrastinate. I have a hard time meeting deadlines, even if they're my own self-imposed deadlines for my own good. But with Brain FM, I am signaling to my brain, literally, that it is time to get things done and it works. So what is it? On the surface, Brain FM seems like an app that gives you the perfect background music for creative work, study, reading, meditation, relaxation, and sleep. And that is true. It is incredible music to work or read or meditate to, but under the surface, it is doing so much more than that. Brain FM's composers work hard to create amazing sounding music that doesn't distract and uses their patented audio technology to boost your mental state on demand. Brain FM's scientists and composers, they add patterns to their music that change the patterns in your brain, creating increased blood flow and electrical connectivity activity in the brain and increasing focus in as little as five minutes. Regular music, think about it, is designed to be distracting. It wants your attention, so you're constantly interrupted using regular stuff to skip. You have to skip and it pulls you out of that flow that you're trying to get into. So skip the skipping. With Brain FM, you can get a wide variety of sounds and genres from natural soundscapes to lo-fi electronic music that get you in the zone almost immediately without having to pick the perfect playlist. And it's science-backed. 
Brain FM actually has the scientific research to back up their claims through close collaboration with neuroscientists and a wide array of field experiments and testing. But even better, their music is made by real composers, not computers, and, and but in, uh, instead, multi-instrumentalist composers. That way, the soundscapes on Brain FM still have the warmth of real people. So check it out. Support the show. Support your brain. Support your creativity, your goals, and, and, and procrastination. Go to brain.fm slash weird to get 30% off. 30% off your first year of Brain FM and start getting more done with less effort and unlock your best self on demand. Experience the difference that the right music can make in your life. Go to brain.fm slash weird for 30% off. We're also brought to us by our friends, my new favorite, best looking, best feeling shorts I've ever owned, bird dogs. I've never been a big short guy. That is true. And it turns out I was rocking the wrong shorts. Even though I love swimming, I also hate swim trunks, but bird dogs change both of those categories for me, especially now that it's summer. I love liberating my legs and getting in water as often as possible. And now thanks to my dogs, I can get <laughs> do that while feeling totally comfortable and looking really good. Bird dogs make you look good. Bird dogs have stretch khaki shorts designed for a fit, slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look, which I love. And bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. And honestly, you know, they look better and it's not Lululemon. (laughs) They're not stiff, restricting cotton. Bird dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches. So you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And bird dogs uses anti-stink, anti-sweat, like sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So go to birddogs.com slash weird and you get a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. I use this tumbler almost every day. I love it. That's birddogs.com slash weird for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you support your short look, support your bathing suit look and support the show birddogs.com slash weird. All right, everybody. Enjoy my chat with Taylor Tomlinson. I sure did. I hope you do as well. Get into it. Are you Sobe Noodles? No. You're not sober. Oh, I was like, I thought that was a drink. Do you like Sobe Noodles? I was like, I don't. I don't know what that is. No, I am. No, I'm Sobe. I'm Sobe Noodles. Are you Sobe Noodles? Oh, I've never been drunk. Did we not talk about this the last time? But so much has happened. So much. I know you're like it's. That was pre-COVID. Maybe Can I get you lost that piece it. Of paper with the, all the writing on it. You're gonna laugh at what I wrote down. I took notes during your special. You did. But one. Of, they're oh all. My God. Some of them are super fun. Like I'm, I would. One of these questions. I'm like, this is something I would love someone to ask me about. You'll see. I'll oh tell God, you when I'm we so get excited. to it. I. But you're Sobe Sobe's. Yes. Are, we started, right? Is that okay? Oh, that's totally fine. I just want to make sure. I Colleen. just didn't want to. I mean, you, I know. you were you were demonstrably like mem- like remembered a person. Yeah. I don't want to be wrong about who owns Liquid Death. Uh, that was just something I heard. <laughs> well, God owns Um, it. But I mean, God, oh, God owns, owns all of us. God owns death. Yeah. <laughs> that was, oh my God, as a former, as a former Christ, perhaps... I mean, I must quote this constantly. I think it's it's in Jeremiah. It's definitely open in my phone. But there's a verse in the OT. Your joke about the OT made me super jelly. <laughs> Mine is like, you ever, you ever? I go, you ever crack the prequel? <laughs> go, there's some fucked up shit in the Old Testament. And then I go, sometimes you read it and you go, Jesus, well, not yet. <laughs> and uh, yours is even better. Everybody's going to have to watch um, 
Look at you. Look at you. I almost said look on at Netflix. me. It's so good. Thank you so much. It's truly really the best. Nice. And I'm so honored that you're here. And thank you for coming. Oh my God, here. are you kidding? We had such a funny interaction at the improv where at yeah. the end, I was like, I was kind of being a little more fangirly. And you were like, would you do the podcast again? And I was like, absolutely, I'd do the podcast again. And you're like, well, I don't want to bother you. Yeah. And I was like, what are we doing here? What is this? Well, that was true communique to me. Yeah. It's like, I only want to like air vulnerabilities. Mm-hmm. Not, that's not, we don't have to have like a heavy conversation now i just mean like when i run into people i'm I'm sending out those feelers of going like do you overthink stuff too because you remember oh, yeah. i was like hey i saw you at that restaurant i ran yes. into you at a restaurant and i didn't want to bother you then <laughs> and i did funny well you were right there you were right by the entrance so i kind of yeah. felt like we couldn't have not that i would have i would have no matter what i was going to say hi uh, and I, I felt like, like, oh my God, he feels obligated to say hi. Like, I felt like you and Val so walked up and we're like, shit, zero. a comedian's here and I'm going to have to make an appearance. Well, I'm going to have to stop by like the manager of this you, establishment. And you think like, you're Jeff okay. Ross? <laughs> Just a Jeff Ross. I tried to think who could handle a burn. Jeff Ross. <laughs> <laughs> I really I was like I really felt bad when I saw you coming. I was like, man, I hope he doesn't feel like obligated. Well, I love this because to me, I've just been watching, you know, so many great things happening for you. But honestly, you how many years ago did you do the podcast the first time? Uh it was ooh. I mean, it's got to be 5 6 4 years. 4. I'm going to guess, guess 4. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. But even then I was very, you know, in awe. So it's not just because you've had like these little little but these big benchmark moments but i'm mm. like taylor doesn't want to talk to me i'm like the weird that's so funny i'm the weird guy hey. that's so funny hey what are you what are you guys ordering <laughs> and then so when i saw you at the improv and told you that correct me if i'm wrong but i feel like women tend to talk that way more like there's yes. that like let's name it yes you know what i mean and i want to name it and i was like i saw you and i felt weird and you're yes. like i saw you and i felt weird and then we're like we can trust each other now. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yes. Because Bert Kreischer was, Kreischer was there as well, and he was kind of being, you know, he was a man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bert Bert's and I were like man. sharing our fears. <laughs> Bert would share his <laughs> fears would, with you, he though. Would, he would, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bert shares fears. Would. But I feel even safer with you for some reason. Well, maybe because Bert is superhuman and he sleeps for two hours and then promotes for four hours and films a TV is that show. True? Is he a super he, machine? Oh, my gosh. He truly is. Like, it is incredible. We did those those baseball stadium tour dates with him. And like, he's, I, I don't know how he does it. He like does like three hours of sleep and then like CrossFit and then like shoots a bunch of videos and does a podcast and then does a whole show and meets all these fans. And you're just like, wow, no one. And I have the same team as him. I have the same managers and agents. Yeah. And they were like so inspired by what he was doing. And they're like, maybe... You could, and I'm like, I can't. Don't don't waste your time. I'm not this. Nobody is this. Yeah. Nobody can do this. Yes. He is truly a and the machine. Like you. Yes. This is not normal. Like, please don't. And it compare me to him. I'm not just kissing his ass. It doesn't seem unhealthy. Like he seems like a grounded. No, I think he's guy. superhuman. Yeah. I think he truly like. He's just one of those people that like a, another species. Yeah, he's yeah. he just I eat nails. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just I I got I I don't I don't know how he does it. I really don't know how he you does know, it. You know, I don't either because if I have two things in a day, exhausted. I in fact dreading it. Dreading it. Yeah. I'll do two. Yeah. And I'll cancel three. Yes. 
And one of them is go to lunch with Val. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's also a thing. Yes. It's not like uh, a break. I, I Lunch with Val is my favorite thing. I'm still saying it was a thing I had. I did. Yeah. Had to do meaning I had to drive there. Yes. You have to find parking. You have to talk to someone yes. who it, isn't Val. Lots of people who weren't yeah. Val that day. So many people there you who turns, aren't Val. Yeah. <laughs> I sometimes say that to the audience. I'm like, how did you guys do it? <laughs> And I actually think yeah. a lot of people don't relate to that. That when really? I when I go, like I can't believe we're all here. It's crazy. It's Hollywood. Some people are just walking around, going like, "Wow!" Like it's virtual reality or something. They're not affected. I can't handle more than two things in a day. Yeah, L.A. specifically, or you're like amazed anybody went to an event of any kind. Uh for sure, L.A. specifically. Yeah. Again, a bit I have is is you ever drive by those things on Sunset Boulevard, a parking lot, and there's guys in orange reflective vests with coned uh, flashlights. They're going, yes. hey, 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 and they're just like circling, trying to get you to turn in. Yeah. I'm always tempted to turn in, <laughs> even though I'm miles from where I'm, like, yeah. I'm like these guys, like I'm so sensitive yeah. to all things that, that that super freaks me out. But uh, yeah, you're not a bird, and uh, that's okay. No one is. There's only one. There's only one. I, I People who are that successful in a way that like like he's like creating like a brand like yeah. he's like he's an experience like yep. his fans are his fans and i just i i i could never i could never be that i but don't if have you were i wouldn't trust what you like i we were just watching your special this morning rewatching loving and if you were out there just like thoughtlessly meaning like fearlessly i guess we could say just yeah, like fearlessly. churning out like you're filming us now right like, you know what i mean or whatever it is uh, i don't think that would mesh with what you're doing on stage because i think you're the same thing like there are tay heads i don't know sure let's go with that is that it i don't know what are they they're just people who yeah, like, like comedy you. they're just like, nice like but they want to hear comedy about therapy they want to hear comedy about self-doubt and yeah. loss that's a Bert's different like a rock star yeah. like i'm not like a rocks i'm never gonna be like a rock star comedian yeah he's a like, uh, mentos and diet coke yeah you're just a diet coke <laughs> i'm ba- i'm i'm a Lacroix. let's be honest and not a not a strong one i'm you're a, a pure Lacroix. yeah i'm a, you're a warm. I'm a blue Lacroix. <laughs> <laughs> the blue. I was at a kid's birthday party yesterday, and I'm. This is how you know, comedians are there. We're our own thing, and I'm only safe with you guys. And I'm drinking a pure Lacroix, and I go, "Thanks to whoever brought the pure Lacroix." <laughs> and uh, my friend Ben goes, "That was me." <laughs> and I was, and I was just like, "Great, great." And then I and then I went on about it. Actually, was better than I remember. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't that bad Let, this is what i wanted to open with i did i did a spot last night i really want to hear your your feelings on this okay i did a spot last night and it was awesome it was super fun mm-hmm. uh and then i went to a party and when we were leaving the party i said to val i was like going to a party after you've done stand-up is like what are we doing here because you've just done the most condensed like I said, I'll just say what I said. I've never done cocaine, but I'm like, you've done a line of social interaction, being with people, having your thoughts heard, and really hearing theirs as well. I mean, I'm adapting and, and responding to their their responses and all that stuff. And then you go to a party and you're just talking to one guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and there's a real like, 
It's like going from the freeway to a surface street. It's like, yeah. like real slow. It's and like going to a parking lot. It's like going to a... Yeah. Yeah. It's going from the, the fucking German... Surface street. I don't know who you're talking to, but you're giving them too much credit. I'd love to meet a surface street. <laughs> Most of these motherfuckers are parking lots. Most of these guys are a fucking cul-de-sac. Yeah. You know what I mean? Dead ends. Slooping. <laughs> you know what you do at a party? Have you ever noticed you just move slowly? Like if you're if you're three people... And you're talking. Wait 15 minutes. You're just kind of over here. Yeah. And no one, no one remembers giving the order. <laughs> it's because that's how uncomfortable it is. We drifted. You drifted because yeah. there's all those moments. It's not like stand-up. Stand-up is perfect. <laughs> Stories go somewhere. Anecdotes have a reason. There's effort. There's laughter. Everyone knows their roles. You're the laughers. I'm the talker. Yeah. Here we're like, everyone's taking turns. And that's why there's this. You shift. Because it's awkward. Yeah. Step to the left. Yeah. Every 30 seconds, a tiny step to the left. Yeah. And you drift. Here's what I want. Do you, I just wanted to know, like stand up, it's such a strange thing. To me, it has this great anti-anxiety thing. It makes me feel connected. makes me feel alive. I know that's mm. maybe Best case strange. scenario. Yeah. Unless it goes terrible and then it can be the opposite. Yeah. But I was wondering if you still feel that way. Like stand up V party. Oh, I mean, I, when you said I did a set and it was great and then I went to a party, I was like, I'm out. I'm out on this. Yeah. I can't even. I No, thank you. Right. I, it's one or the other for me. Uh, and I will <laughs> dread the party for three weeks beforehand. <laughs> I, I think, you know what's funny is that show that we did together was a Sunday night. It was like amazing. It was like you and like Dana Carvey and David Spade and me for some reason. And I had to follow you and you just like murdered. Like we were all in the back and I'm just like, all right, guys, I'm like, it, it, like in, I'm, I'm about to bomb pretty hard. So just remember, remember me as I was, <laughs> I guess. And it was like so crazy. And the night before I had done both the early show and the late show at the improv and then the store in between and early show at the improv was great show at the store was great and then i came back to the improv for the 9 30 10 p.m show and it was hands down the worst audience i've maybe ever had and i'm pretty like look i don't have the highest self-esteem if people don't like me i'm like all right that's i could see that i feel that i'm not what you wanted and that's okay it's and one of the greatest gifts you can give by the way because there are inevitably some people that are enjoying you and when you're just like it's okay but this yeah. night not this bad. night was just objectively bad like i watched them be like so silent for the cold opener which i was like okay i guess it's the cold open so maybe they just need a minute but like even if you don't necessarily like connect with the cold opener like you'll usually be more engaged they just were like just nothing and then Frazier was hosting and they gave Frazier almost nothing and I was like okay well Kelsey Grammer? it's still early <laughs> and we'll still we'll still like we'll get them it'll be fine and then I went up and the, it was just you know there's like low energy and then there's like hostile it felt both of those things it felt like the low hostile low hostile <laughs> the biggest laugh of my set I think was one of the first things I said which is I feel like everyone here is on a date with someone they know they're gonna ghost and I genuinely think that's what was going on it was like a lot of couples it felt very disjointed like it didn't feel like a crowd at all it just felt like a bunch of people with their arms crossed mm. and I I totally let it get to me because I had done I was like I was in this room two hours ago Buddy. I know this works yes and I was also like Jezelnik and like Nikki were next and I just kept telling them 
famous people are coming. Mm. You have to get it together during my set because the famous people are coming. Like, what are you doing? Come like on, guys. Paul Revere. I truly. Jesselnick is coming. <laughs> Jesselnick is coming. Like, he I, won't stand for this. I just, it was crazy. I felt like I was like an open micer again but i like know i can do it so like it really not only you can do it you just did it i just did it i just did it. i just did it twice yeah and i did kind of like i did lose a little bit where i think towards the end i was like is everyone in here just really hot and they're upset they have to look at someone else like what is it can you all pretend you're filming a self-tape for an are you can you pretend you're auditioning for someone who likes comedy like did everyone come here on purpose like i was just upset and then i had to kind of try did to they say, laugh at that like here and there it was i at the improv last night just for fun just because I, I don't want you to feel alone if they turn their back on me i love being like fuck you like it's just so fun <laughs> because sometimes that's exactly what they want was it what they wanted no no that was that was what was upsetting is i go okay well if they're not like feeling the material, then I'll just like yell at them or whatever gently. I'll just you know yes. reprimand them. Look, and then that's what they want. But they didn't even want that. What what fucked with me is somebody asked them a question. They're like, "Oh, you some the comic before me was like, that's a cool sweatshirt. Do you smoke weed?" And the guy just went, "No." And you're like, "See, a normal nice person would be like, ah, oh, not really. Like, you know, soften it. No." no. Yeah, subti- okay. subtitles on, it says, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the energy of the entire crowd. And I saw Nikki like a few days after, and I was like, how was that crowd for you? Was that bad? And she goes, oh, yeah. I remember. She's like, I kind of blocked it out, but they were bad. And then I also asked when I went back on Sunday night when I was there with you guys, I was like, the rest of the show, did it get better? And they were like, no. No, it didn't get better. Isn't that kind of... Lo- okay, look, I'm not being positive, Pete. I'm saying... You saying you ran into Nikki and you can bond over that. Right. When you're on the road and you bomb alone, you know what I mean? And like before you're even bringing an opener or anything like that, and yeah. it's just you, that sucks. When you can at least when go like- When it's just you, yeah. Did you see that shit? Yeah. And you can watch comics that you respect and love also do poorly. Right. That that I, I hate to say it. It's not that I want them to do poorly. It's that I go like, okay, it wasn't just me. Like right. we all ate shit tonight. Yeah. And I didn't stay for the rest of the show. So Why I didn't know. You? Why would you? Why would and you? I was scared. I was glad I saw Nikki because I didn't want to. I told her this. I was like, I didn't want to text you and be like, that crowd sucked, right? And you're yeah. like, I thought they were fun. And I'm like, yeah. cool. I'll just go drive into the ocean. Like I Talk about being sensitive. I feel it. When I send a text out like that, like, wow, that cr- t- crowd was nuts or bad, I'll actually kind of feel it in my stomach until they reply. Yeah. Like, I'll carry it, and then when they go, I'll be like, oh, I didn't realize how much I was waiting for them to validate that. But so much of... I noticed this at the party last night, subtitles on, so much of communication is me going like, Taylor, sometimes I feel this way. Is that okay? Yeah. And you go, I also feel that way, and that's okay, because there's two of us. Yes. Wouldn't you say that's all? like so much of what we're doing? Yes. Oh, my God. I'm just walking around going, is anyone else afraid? Who else is afraid? Raise of hands, who's afraid? And T-Tom, <laughs> I did the... Uh, look, I don't know if this is true, but it just seemed like Bill Burr did my Largo uh, show recently, and there were a lot of Bill Burr people there. N- not that there's only one kind. I'm a Bill Burr person. I love Bill Burr, but there were like there were a lot of guys that looked very muscly. That's all I'll say. Right, right, right. And I and I said, and maybe it's not the funniest line in the world, but I had done it two nights early at the Improv. Mm-hmm. And it did really well, and I was really like excited to say it again. I feel like you're gonna like it. Not to <laughs> forecast, but I was like, 
Round of I, you say it apropos of nothing. You just go round of applause. Who here would just start crying if their dad looked at them and said, "I'm so sorry." Oh my god, you did say that on the show. Oh, I did. That, that was the first was time. So, that was the first time. That, that was, time. was I laughed so hard at that. Omg, dead. So hard. So at I that. can't wait to do it again. Yeah. And I swear there was something going on that night. Bill would tell you too. There was something just sort of strange in the room that night, and uh, it was a great show, but it was something was off. The and spirit he, of Joe Rogan. The spirit of Joe Rogan was there. <laughs> emblazoned on the men's room <laughs> i always think the joke because he has the round head he just looks kind of and he's boxy he looks like the men's room symbol is that anything oh the yeah you know okay. what i mean sure I, I say that's true of any any guy with a shaved head i'm just right. kind of like the men's room symbol. yeah 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 it's not see it's me I, w- I had to so think of funny enough i had to think to of the men's room me. symbol because that's not the one i'm going in. you're looking for the other one yeah i'm looking for the other one where is that so dress I was like, where is where's that dress that yeah. has no give it's just completely out <laughs> So fifties, you know. Let's update it. It's like a robot. It's yeah, the Jetsons made. Basically. It is. Oh, I can't believe you got that ref. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet ref. <laughs> I used to do that bit about that. I was like, why do you guys get my references? I used to do that at college. I'm like, uh, everything I say, people your age still get. I'm 43, but I, I have no fear of saying. Maybe you have immature references. It could be, but <laughs> even the made from the Jetsons. That's like my dad would be like, now we're talking. The Jetsons are pretty. You yeah. know what the Jetsons are. Okay. I mean, I don't know. Let's call someone from Gen Z and see if they know. But is that the next one? Gen Z is the next one. Gen Z is the one right behind me. And then are we back? They're to like a? two years behind me, like two years younger than me is Gen Z, and I feel the difference. Really? Oh yeah. What's the diff? I just, <laughs> I'm so scared of them. <laughs> you are? Yeah, I'm really scared of them. They're so like, they're just like very, I don't know. They're so like open-minded and like. I, like I just feel like they hate us. I know they hate us. I'm on TikTok. They don't like millennials. They think we're we're cringy. Re- cringe. Yeah, we You're think we're cringe. cringe. Yeah. yeah, gross. And yeah, is it cringe or cringe? I'm see. I'm sweating. Yeah, I'm sweating. We're already I, panicking. I'm already panicking. What is Selena Gomez? Because when I watch, she's a millennial. Okay. Yeah, she's a millennial. When I watch Only Murders, that's the time when I'm really like, I really see that. I, I think she's great. I really do. But there's oh. the real difference between. Steve yeah. Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez because Martin Short's like hitting his mark. He's like, I have now delivered my line and exit stage right. And Steve Martin's like, oh, still doing it. Still, and I'm dying. And then Selena Gomez is like, I think there's been some murders in the world. I, and I, it's not even, I, I'm just like, go ahead. What, no, what's your take? What's your take? What's I your love take? that show. Do you like the show? I like it. I, Something's a little off about it because it's so cute. Sometimes I go like, it's okay. a little, like the second season, I catch myself going like, it can be like a perfect dessert that yes. I almost don't want to eat. And if you're not in the mood for a perfect dessert, maybe you should watch The Old Man. Right. I <laughs> I watched, I haven't seen the second season yet, but I watched the first season and I did watch it one a week. Yes. And I feel like this is one of the shows that I do feel like works once a week. You should watch once a week. For which sure. is weird. I don't feel that way about almost anything anymore. Yeah. And because most things I'm like, I'll lose interest if it's once a week. But that I really was like, oh, yes. a new one. Yeah. And I think the fact that they were like, we have these two legends and then we have like the biggest, 
like young star in the world. Is she? Is I mean, she's. I think she's the most followed person on Instagram, or she was for a while. Really? Oh yeah. See, this is my point. I'm still like I'm old school in the sense that I think show business people are supposed to be like, "Hello, I understand there are murders in the building, right?" No, and then she's like, "I don't." No, younger people are like, "I will watch Selena Gomez do anything." Yeah, she's got like a show where she cooks. I guess I haven't seen it, but you're like, you'll watch her do literally anything. I don't know why. Like she's obviously talented and stuff and beautiful. But yes. like, they're just maybe because we all grew up with her too. Like, I will follow you. In well, you love her. Yeah, I, I, I will watch her do anything. Really? Yeah. And you know what I'm talking about with the difference in efforting. I really feel like that's a young a millennial thing potentially. Right. Is like don't act like you've been there. I think if you if I was on Only Murders in the Building, every take you would see in my face. Can't believe I'm on this show. Like you oh, would yeah, see yeah, it. Yeah. You know what I do feel this way about? I feel this way about stand up sometimes. Do you feel this way about stand up where you're like, there's there's so much stand up now that doesn't feel as polished that people connect with? Totally. And I feel I I keep getting called like old school in like I reviews of my stand up. You're Martin Short. You're not Selena Gomez. It's so strange. When you're going like you know what I thought when I was watching your special, I was like Either you gave yourself the note or there's a lot of moments where like you're in the pool. There's another moment where you're in a pool and you're like, good thing I'm wearing my floaties. Oh, every dick is like jumping in cold water. Yes, yes, yes. And you're like, good thing I'm wearing my floaties. And I'm like, either that's a great comedian. That feels like a line another comedian would be like, you should say the floaties. Or Taylor just did the work. Yeah. Either way, you did it. Like yeah. the, the whole hour is tied up. It's yeah. also exactly one hour. Have you noticed? Yep. I did that on purpose. We filmed like an hour 12 and I cut 12. To make it exactly an hour? Yeah, because I think if Your you see something... Your therapist I find that significant. <laughs> well, if you, I think if you see something over an hour... When I see something over an hour, whether it is an episode of a TV show or a stand-up special, I'm like, that seems pretty long. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if you can make it so it just has three, questions mark, three question marks. Like a cool party, 8 p.m. to question Like mark. you don't know how long it is? I don't is. know. That's funny. Because then you... I do that with... I saw a YouTube video that was like... It you might as well as have been like... as long as you want. Yeah, but we're not going to tell you when it ends. Fuck you. That's interesting. I saw a YouTube video that was. It might as well have been like scientists figured out trick to always be happy. It yeah. might as well have been called that. And it was only seven minutes, and I was like, I could watch that. That's I was like, what I'm saying. You won't dedicate thirteen. What about what if it was thirteen? Would you watch Science Figures Out How to no, Be Happy? I wouldn't. I'd be like, if you really figured it out, why is it taking so fucking long? You obviously haven't figured it out because you know it doesn't make me happy. Mm. Wasting my fucking time. Yet, T. Tom, <laughs> what are we doing with this time we're saving? Have you noticed? Yeah. I sound like, see, this is why I'm Steve Martin. I'm not Selena. She'd be like, we're doing things that we This is why I love this time. podcast, because I'm either going to leave more depressed or less depressed. I think you're, I, my goal will be less depressed. Okay, good. Because you're going to love that question. Okay. And I, I haven't broken the glass yet. Oh, my God. But when we get there, I also want to, like, I'm a little, I, I'm really feeling, like, really ADDDDD this week. I, mm -hmm. I don't even like I'm not one of those people that likes belonging to that group, but I might. Mm -hmm. And at the party last night, I really couldn't keep things together. And even on stage, I was really, I'm going to try and stay focused. I really think people would be interested to hear, because you've been touring a lot since I last saw you. Yeah. Do you enjoy it? And how, any weird ones? <laughs> I, I mean, I do enjoy it. I haven't, I, mean, been, I haven't been touring the last two months. Okay. Because, so the last show of the tour was May 7th, I think? May 6th, 7th in uh, Los Angeles in the Netflix Fest. And I had been on the road, like, first in clubs and then the theater tour 
for like 14 months straight, like almost every weekend, every weekend for a while. And I was like hitting a wall with it where I'm like, I need some time off for sure. Um, You don't feel that way. Like even in between shows on a Saturday, I'm always like, oh yeah, I have to do this again. I feel it 40 minutes into the first show. Then 40 minutes into the first show, (laughs) I'm like, this is incredible. And why, why ruin it? Why do this again? We did it. Taylor, I'm dead. <laughs> I didn't know you felt that way. Oh my God, yeah. When, okay, so I agree. You do read old school, and that to me just means clearly this person put in the effort. That that cinches yes. up that point yeah, you yeah, were yeah. making. I think that's why people but think like, you're old school. But when like Vulture reviews you, and it's very nice, and they go like, <laughs> you know, it's old-fashioned stand-up, you're like, I thought... I'm just trying to get good at like the craft of it because I think I don't have the self-esteem to like coast on my personality. Like I feel like. Well, thank God. I don't know. I'm like, I thought if I don't, what's old, like I can't sing. Like that's the only other way it could, I could do something like groundbreaking Yeah, is if I could sing maybe, but I can't sing. Like I'm not like. It's like saying you're an old school painter because it's like she uses colored paint. It truly, yeah. Where I'm like, <laughs> you guys should watch Cat Cohen. Like Cat Cohen's amazing and is yeah. is doing something different. And but if you want stand up, I'm over here. Like, yeah, yeah. is how I feel about it. And I, I don't know. I I've learned to like that that comment, but before it used to feel like a little bit of a weird dig that I didn't know how to take initially that's but now I... I only yeah i think you should only take it as a compliment okay because i think a lot of us older people who write for vulture i have, <laughs> I have a pen name i won't tell you <laughs> which one i am but like we look at younger people and, and and the style du jour seems to be like don't don't look too right like you're trying too hard yeah uh because that's vulnerable or something or yeah. stupid or cringe but you're like no here's a perfect hour of stand-up comedy but it doesn't feel like you're going like i really i'm watching you're not doing i like seinfeld you're not doing what seinfeld does where it's like every word is perfect right you're not doing that no no, that's old school i don't know how to do like have you seen this in the news like i don't know how to do that yeah i'm talking about my feelings and experiences yeah so to me that's old school is just like observational about things we're all we're literally all just looking at I and not what's happening inside of you incredibly modern i have a couple questions here's one okay you say uh you're talking about val and i both struggle with overeating uh like emotional eating like <laughs> yes you, and, and it has nothing to do with hunger you're just doing it yeah. to get your fill mind off something or fill a void or for me it's often because i've i've earned it right yeah like, i'm like it's a I, treat i do stand up we'll go back in the green room Every dessert. Just yeah. bring us every dessert. And like, it took me so long to be like, just take take a breath. Just yeah. take a breath. Maybe you'll have a fucking diarrhea. Or <laughs> not diarrhea, but you'll feel like shit if you yeah. eat every dessert. Maybe don't do that. Um, but when you were doing that, you were like, round of applause if you've done this or done this, done this. And you go, okay, about seven of you. And the rest of you are like, I eat for fuel, right? Mm-hmm. Do you remember this? Yeah. And then you do the, then you do the examples and people are laughing and you go, Sounds like more than seven of you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's really great. Here's the question. Are you ready? Is that because you had said seven that night or do you always say seven? I usually adjust it based on what it feels like. I always say a number. But okay. if sometimes it's more people where I go like, feels like 20 of us. Okay. Uh, but it's always more than who cheers. For sure. Yeah. I just love that. Those are little moments, those little pockets. That's what I mean is you're not just doing... I think the insult in old school 
is like you go up and you're in like a plaid blazer and you're like, all right. And, right. and there's no attention paid to the medium or that it's being filmed or like how, you know what I mean? You're just doing your act. Like yeah. vaudeville. That's not what's happening. I see you adapting and changing and also clearly communicating rather than reciting. I don't see your, you reciting. Oh, that's nice. I would yeah. hope so. Yeah, the second show, I posted a clip of it. Netflix let me post it, which was nice. The second show that we filmed that night, somebody's phone went off, like somebody in the crew backstage. Oh, boy. And I was like, can you guys all hear that? Like, I just want to make sure that I'm not doing like a mental health special and then just losing my shit in the middle because that would be hilarious. Like, so yes. there's a whole clip of me just going. And then after I did that, I just went, look, we got it on the first show, you guys. This can go however. It doesn't matter. It's my favorite feeling in the world. I don't care. Yep. And everybody's like, yay. Every special, not not every, but the last one for sure. I go, we got it on the first one. Yeah. And you put the pressure on them. I yep. might even say the onus on yeah. them. You put the onus on them. And then the crowd tends to be better because they want to be... They want to <laughs> be, the be, be the special crowd. They want to yeah. be the special crowd. Great technique. Great technique. Yeah. Okay, pardon the interruption, weirdos. This episode is brought to us by our friends at Olipop. Hands down, my favorite new beverage for real, for real. Olipop is a new kind of soda. It tastes just like the sodas we grew up with, but unlike other sodas that are full of sugar, corn syrup, and artificial ingredients like aspartame, Olipop is made with natural ingredients that are actually good for you. They have delicious nostalgic flavors like vintage cola, classic root beer, which is my personal favorite this month, orange squeeze, cherry vanilla, strawberry vanilla, and classic grape. I absolutely love the root beer. It tastes just like the root beer I remember, but I haven't had regular soda like that in a long time, and this is a great way to get it back into my happy life. They use functional ingredients that combine the benefits of prebiotics, plant fiber, and botanicals to support your microbiome and benefit digestive health. I know when you hear fiber, you think, how can that be? It's soluble fiber, which means it's just blended into the water. There's absolutely no noticing of the fiber, but you get all of that digestive benefit as well as prebiotics, which are wonderful for your microbiome. Your gut is like a second brain. It's wonderful to support it. 90% of Americans consume more than the USDA's daily recommended added sugar intake, which is only 30 grams. Uh, sweetened beverages like soda, like check this out. Their vintage cola only has two grams of sugar to compare that to Coca-Cola, which has 39 grams. Every time this blows me away. That's nine grams more than you're supposed to have. The Orange Squeeze, which is also amazing from Olipop, has five grams of sugar. Compare that to Fanta, which has 44. So drink Olipop. Get delicious soda back into your life made with natural, healthy ingredients, and it tastes absolutely wonderful. It's non-GMO, it's vegan, it's paleo, and keto-friendly with less than eight grams net carbs per can. They're so confident you'll love their products. They offer a 100% money-back guarantee for offers uh, for orders Excuse me, placed through their website, and we worked out a special deal for weirdos. Receive 20% off plus free shipping for your order. I recommend the variety pack. It's a great way to try all of the delicious flavors. Go to drinkollipop.com slash weird or use code weird at checkout for this deal. That's D-R-I-N-K-O-L-I-P-O-P.com slash weird. They can also be found at over 6,000 stores across the country, including Kroger, Whole Foods, Sprouts, and Wegmans, which they don't have in LA. But if you have a Wegmans, go there because that's a hilarious name. This episode is also brought to us by our friends at Real Paper. Val and I have made the swap to Real. We love it. It's wonderful. 
And they have an incredible, incredible benefit to the earth. I mean, trees are pretty great, aren't they? I mean, they provide shade. They make oxygen. I don't know why we're not talking about that. They prevent erosion. They suck up carbon. They provide homes for animals. I mean, is there anything they can't do? And to turn something as awesome as a tree, and more accurately, a forest of trees into toilet paper, just feels wrong. Why are we wiping our butts with these treasures? It doesn't say that, but I'm asking. These trees spent decades growing only to get cut down and be flushed down the toilet. That's why I love real paper, R-E-E-L paper. Real makes a sustainable toilet paper that uses 100% bamboo. This isn't true, but I'm pretty sure 3,000 bamboo plants have grown since I've started this ad. That's not true, but it is a very, it's a very fast-growing and renewable source, much better than trees. The great thing about bamboo is that it is a super-fast-growing grass. Some species of bamboo can grow up to three feet per day, and because it's grass, they're able to harvest the same stalk over and over without disrupting the plant or the soil. And on top of all of these ecological benefits of using bamboo, Reels paper packaging is plastic-free and compostable. And, you know, it's sort of hard to talk about what you're putting on your butt, but it's soft, it's wonderful, it's all the things you want toilet paper to be, and I love, love, love knowing that we are not contributing to all of that waste and harm to the environment. After all, come on, guys, you're, you're wiping your butt. Do it responsibly. <laughs> Real paper is available in easy, hassle-free subscriptions or for one-time purchases on their website. All orders are conveniently delivered to your door with free shipping and 100% recyclable, plastic-free packaging. I can attest to that. The packaging is wonderful. And if you head to realpaper.com, that's R-E-E-L-P-A-P-E-R.com slash weirdo and sign up for a subscription using weirdo at checkout, you'll automatically get 30% off your first order and free shipping. R-E-E-L-P-A-P-E-R dot com slash weirdo and enter promo code weirdo to get 30% off plus free shipping. That's 30% off your first order. So let's stop flushing our forests and try Reel's tree-free paper. Reel is paper for the planet. That, by the way, am I the only one hearing that? Isn't that also the point of stand-up comedy? Like, we're back to how, how we relate. It's like, I'm afraid. Are you afraid? Yeah. And you go, am I the only one hearing that? Yeah. Like, I go up on stage, and that's why it's such an anti-anxiety for me, is when I talk about things that happen in traffic or this or that or with my parents or whatever it is, and they laugh, I go, okay, I'm not the only one hearing that. Yes. So I feel like that that almost could have been the name of that special. Am I the only one, am I the only hearing, one hearing that? that? Yeah, absolutely. That feels right, right? Yeah, totally. I think that was something I felt like early on is I just thought I had to come up with things that everybody felt. And then I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to talk about things I feel. And then everybody goes, not everybody, but a portion of them go, me too. And you go, oh. yep. well, I feel better. And yep. I'm just going to focus on those things. And I'm going to focus on communicating it in a way that it really resonates with the people it already resonates with. And then the people who don't connect with it still think it's funny and learn something maybe, that's right about something someone they know maybe the entertainment can often be that's not how i am but i had no idea other people were that way yes i think about that all the time especially after i come through to the other side of an issue i realize oh some people were laughing not bad at but they were laughing at me they were laughing at a floundering man who was like so obsessed about this that or the other maybe they i thought they were relating yeah some of them were actually like oh i remember what it was like to be 28 yep you know what i mean yeah <laughs> i do know what you mean actually 
<laughs> Do you have bits that you look back on and you're like, oh, I was so in myself that I didn't even know? I don't know. I, I can't, not off the top of my head that I can think of, but people would say things to me like that after shows where they would give me that like sort of pitying, like, it gets better. Hang Your 30s there. or your 40s are way better. It's just it's just a nightmare right now. It's actually kind of true, though. Oh, it totally is. And I yeah. did appreciate it. But yeah. it, at the time, you feel kind of like, yeah. so were you just sitting in the audience going, oh. Me? Yeah, them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to circle back to 40 minutes through the first. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's, we were talking about it in the green room last night where we were like, one show tonight. This is so nice. Because Saturday we were like, oh, can you believe we're doing two? Especially after COVID. You? I was at the Brea Improv. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. With Irene too and Zach Noe Towers. Okay. They're very, very funny. Yeah, and we were all just like, yeah, like towards the end of the first one, you're like, again? Yeah. Really? Yeah. It starts to feel, this is why I, I like going on the road, but the more I do it, the more I'm like, can we just do it once at, a bigger venue is that possible yeah and not even a huge venue just like one time and and the thing also i don't like doing it on saturday because then you're just something that's happening as opposed like i love a thursday yeah eight o'clock one show at the yeah. firebird in st louis you know what right. i mean those are always great shows but then like you will do those clubs and i'm grateful to do those clubs but those are those are where i tend to have those feelings of like i just told this j joke and then my my job becomes pretending like I'm enjoying it. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think right now I'm in like the building phase, so I'm trying to figure out the new hour. So I need all of these shows and I need all of these reps at yeah. these clubs. Yeah. But when I have it figured out, like when we were on the, the theater tour and we had added shows because we were doing smaller theaters and you're doing two shows and two meet and greets, you're like, I did four shows and I'm exhausted. Mm. And... And I'm doing the exact same hour pretty much. Like I am very tired. This is nice if it, this would be great if it was just the one tonight. And even sets in town, like you know, taking time off the road to be home the last couple months, I was like, oh, I'll just do sets in town, and that'll be great. And I'm at the point now where I'm like, the improv stage feels like a cruise ship to me. Where I'm like, are these different people? I can't tell. I can't tell. I can't tell if I did this already. Like, why? Why are you doing it so much? Because I've been home, so I'm like, well, I have to get on stage, so I'm just gonna keep doing that. But I'm like, I can't keep that. I went to San Diego uh, and did Mic Drop Comedy Club has a side room that's like 50 seats, and I went and did that. Hmm. And during the week, and that was really fun and helpful. I went and featured for my friend Dustin in San Diego because I was like, I gotta get out of here. Hmm. Like, doing clubs in LA just doesn't. At a certain point, you're like, I can't do this all the time. Yeah. This is going to sound like a therapist question, but what does it feel like to not do stand-up all the time? I would like it to feel better than it does. I can, I can go like... I can go like five days without feeling guilty. I think for the most part now yeah. we've worked up to that. Yeah. But then past that, I'm like, you're going to get bad. You're going to get bad at That's this. the voice. Yeah. I took, I took two solid weeks off after the end of my tour where I was like, I didn't go up for two weeks. Yeah. Um, 
and I just like focused on other things instead. But I was like, I have to be productive. So I like. So even then, you wouldn't fully take it off. You were just being productive on other just things. different things where you're like, okay, I'm going to, you know, meet my boyfriend. Like, you're just saying, like, I'm going to do this now. Meet him. <laughs> this is nice when I have time. Meet you. Yeah. I'm like, look, I have. I have eight weeks. I've only seen you in my periphery <laughs> up until now. I know your laugh. <laughs> Just going to find the one, I guess, before are you dating, tours. Are you dating a boyfriend? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a, a human And boyfriend. I met him the day after my tour ended. Oh, wow. I literally was like, okay, we'll do this now. Like, I have time for this. <laughs> That's interesting. Okay, let's get to boyfriend. When you're just still yeah, oh, not, I, no good. Here's, I was talking to uh, my friend Kelsey Cook about this. Uh, you know Kelsey? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were talking about being on the road and coming home. And like, if we're doing club weekends, we can come home on Sunday or Monday and then be totally home for like three days and not do sets because we got to go back on Thursday or whatever. Like, we've gotten to that point where we're like, we can be off Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday if we're in between club weekends but like to really do nothing is very hard to like take days off to like clean your apartment and like run errands and see your family that feels like time off because I'm still working on things like I'm still it's hard for me to be totally present and checked out and not anxious unless I'm with another person that I care about Mm -hmm. because then I'm still working on something. I'm working on my relationship with my sister or my boyfriend Mm -hmm. or my friends. Like I need to be earning it. Yeah. Do you think this goes back to the God doesn't love me unless I do what he tells me? Everything does. (laughs) What doesn't go back to that? Like for Nikki and I were just talking about that. Like all these people, people that grew up religious and myself included have a really hard time. It's funny. The people that were, I was told that God loved me sort of have the hardest time believing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I don't they, blame God they, so much as my father, but no, I know because yes, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't God. It, it was stapled to it. Yeah. It's like the George Carlin thing. It's like, he loves you, but also you have to do all of these things to yes. keep him from kicking you into a furnace which i'm sure i said the last time he did this yeah so from that comes did you know that's what um well that's what richard Roy says that's what paul the apostle paul means when he says the law it's the performance pr- principle it's the idea that you can earn it oh so he's really like railing against, he says the law if you read any like romans or whatever it's always railing against the law and i always thought that just meant like being legalistic it actually means thinking that you can earn oh. god's favor or your worthiness it's like it's any notion that you're not just sort of like already okay. Uh, uh, isn't that weird? That is super weird. Kind of fun. Yeah. But then that bleeds into even your social life. You want to be working. See, I relate because I like doing this podcast. I'm like, oh, I have this day to not really do much. Taylor and I, we could have just had lunch. Yeah. But it's better to bang out a podcast. But we did a thing. This we is also productive. Yeah. 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 But it doesn't. You know, you do tie it back to that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think. I think just trying to be perfect is hard to get away from, and your definition of perfect changes. Mm. And I think with stand-up specifically, I think COVID was 
interesting because I realized how much of my identity was wrapped up in being a comedian. And so when we didn't have that anymore, I was like, mm. okay, if I don't have this, am I going to be okay? Am I still worth anything? Is this the reason people like me and are with me? And if I'm not this anymore, then are those people going to leave? It's like, uh, did you watch Pam and Tommy? I didn't. There's just a line. Oh, okay. We'll do the bit. I never did on stage. But Hugh Hefner says to Pam Anderson, don't confuse your price with your value, which is really good. And I also, the bit was... That's really good. They put it in the mouth of Hugh Hefner, and maybe he did say it, but he also was like, and look at them big old titties. You know, like, I just... I know, you're like, that seems... (laughs) You know, people are complicated. I understand. (laughs) But they only had him being like a sage. Yeah. And I was like, you know... Sure. It can be both. We can handle the nuance of like, and I love the way you look in this shoot, baby. <laughs> can it be both? <laughs> but I think don't confuse your... So you're saying, and I felt the same thing, during COVID you sort of vanished. We all sort of vanished because yeah. people like you and me, and I'm saying I'm still this way, of course, I look for my identity in other people's eyes. Val and yeah. I were talking about that. Like We're shiny people, yeah. but shiny people only exist in relation to the things that's shining a light on them. Yeah. We just reflect back what people are shining onto us. Yeah. So when that light goes away, we're just a rock. Yeah. And I need you to, I'm, and if you get close enough to me, I'm going to be a rock sometimes. And I have to be, I have to be shiny it's better enough. from a distance. Yeah. Let me, look at me glitzing. <laughs> Yeah, don't get close to a rock. I'm a terrible pillow. Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, if if I can be... The way I always feel in relationships is if I can be shiny most of the time, then that will make up for what a rock I am Mm. (laughs) for part of it. Yeah, no, I understand. For this, like, you know, there will be 15... There'll be 20% of the time that I am, you know, not shiny at all. So just, like be super shiny i wonder if i said this last time two-thirds of the time marilyn monroe had that quote if you don't if you don't like me at my worst you don't deserve me at my best." yeah but i don't feel that way i feel like if if i'm not my best enough you you won't give me a pass at my worst this is if they knew who i really was that that leave me yeah it's one of the most basic human fears that all of us have and yet all of us think we're the only ones. Yeah. We really think we're just like, well, clearly everyone else is fine yeah. showing who they really are. But yeah. that, that's what's going on there. Yeah. I, I need my positive attributes to outweigh, you know. The to other. make and, it worth it. And I, I realize this about stand-up is like, because I got, I have, I have gotten all of the things I wanted in stand-up. I've gotten them. I wanted a special by 30 or at 30. That's what I wanted. So once I got to this place where I was like, oh my God, I'm like touring theaters. I have multiple Netflix specials. I I did all the things. Maybe we start looking at the other stuff that could make you a better partner Mm. and not just focus on like being impressive. Mm -hmm. Like maybe we, we stop looking at your credits as a way to make people love you and instead become like, more patient and forgiving and even tempered and communicative and loving and And thoughtful loving to the i've been getting angry lately i don't know why i've been on like a little more stress or something Mm -hmm. and this is going to sound maybe woo woo or like maybe owen wilson should say it but it's like (laughs) i've been practicing when i get angry i just go 
I love my anger. I love this anger. Mm. Like, thank you. You protect me sometimes. You keep mm. me sharp when I need to be sharp. Like, it doesn't need to overflow. Like, often I'm so waspy, but I'll, I'll, I'll keep it inside. But, like, it really dissolves it when you greet it with understanding and even affection. You're just like, I, like, because I can love your anger. Like, I can love Taylor's anger. When I see you yeah. get worked up on stage, you're really communicating to something powerful and strong that you're feeling we love it it's just so hard when we're feeling how like you know complicated and messy it feels it's like embarrassing yeah that's how yeah. it is for me i'm embarrassed that i lost control so of myself it's so embarrassing it's so embarrassing yes, to being have, human oh yeah it's embarrassing what are we doing here it's i don't i don't know yeah. i don't like it yeah not a fan yeah and i flawed and broken yeah my yeah. biggest insecurity uh not a fan not a fan and my my biggest insecurity is just that like I, I can handle if people leave comments that are like, "This is I thought this was supposed to be funny," and I'm like, "This is not for you." Like it's funny to some people. Like I'm funny, mm. but if people are like, "You're ugly," I'm like, "You're right. That's absolutely correct." And I oh, knew it, and I knew like, it secretly. Um, but I know that's not true. It's the same as being funny. You're like, this is subjective, but we're and bad. This shouldn't. But like everybody has their own individual things. But it's so embarrassing that you can't to feel yes. Like, ugly, like, it's so embarrassing. I have a joke that I don't know. I like it so much. And it's like, it goes fine. So it's one of those ones where you're like, should I get rid of this? Like, I think I saw you do it. Did you see me? Because you said, that joke does fine, but I won't get rid oh, of no, it. Oh, no, it's not that one. That oh. one I figured out this last week and I just had to change the wording. Oh. So that one's working. But the one that I can't figure out. I just don't know if I should keep or not is like, I'm so tired of trying to figure out if I'm attractive or not. Like trying to figure out if you are hot is like trying to figure out if God is real. Mm. Like even if you manage to convince yourself, you'll never convince everybody and you'll never know for sure. Wow. And like your mom thinks so, but of course she does. Right. She has to. Right. That's, I think that's great. It's interesting. But I don't know if it's funny. There's just a speed bump. I, for me, I think as as soon as you tie it to something as big as like, it's probably 50-50 in the crowd, believe in God, yeah. don't believe in God. I have this whole chunk I'm doing on God. And at the, you know how the joke ends? Sorry, that's not funnier. That's how the joke yeah. ends. It's actually built into the joke because I love doing it, but it's like it's like a TEDx talk yeah. at a certain point. Not even a full TED talk. <laughs> it's a TEDx talk. We're on the side stage. Yeah, exactly. Let me put this to you like, all of these things are, are, and I'm with I'm with you in this. Like, as shiny, aspiring people, people who want to be shiny, and people who want other people to tell us we're attractive or funny and all this stuff, even when they do, which is what you were starting to get to, it's like you've you've ticked so many boxes that you wanted to tick in your career. You're still separate. Mm. You know what I mean? Like their praise still puts you away from them. You know, does that make sense? Right, where you're like, you like the trick I can do. Exactly. Yeah. Not the fullness. Yeah. Not the person who loves your ugliness or or you have that great bit of like, I love your soft arms. Like we need those people that yeah. actually, I think Val does love my baby butt. Like I have a butt, it looks like a baby's butt. I've seen it. It looks like a baby's butt. And she's like, I believe her when she says I love your baby butt. And for me, I need that safe person mm. where there's no performing, which paradoxically, Val and I laugh more than anybody. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, but you wouldn't think, I thought I had to be all rigid and perfect. Yeah. But it turns out like you can just flop around and be <laughs> stupid. And she's like, like that's safe. So I'm wondering 
what what's this current boy? Is he a stand up comedian? Oh, I mean, no, 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 no. We, <laughs> I'm like, sorry. And also, no, I don't want to no. react that way. Oh no, yeah, to, I've dated comedians. I don't want to make it sound like that was some horrible thing. No, I understand. But it's I like think like hitmen, it, It's absolutely two hitmen. It's absolutely two. I dated a comic who used to say that like, really years ago in my early twenties. He would say when we went on the road, he's like, "It's someone we're like two hired guns," and yeah. I'm like, "Sure, yeah." Like and I years ago, there were some comedians that still only date comedians, and some married comedians. And are there comedians who only date comedians? Well, I remember Natasha Leggero only dated only comedians, dated comedians, and then she married Moshe. Right, she was a very funny comedian. And I remember because I was wondering if I should date a comedian, and I end up dating a comedian. Yeah, and she's like, "It's the best because they understand bits and they understand clubs," and for me. And that person and I are still very close, but like that's that wasn't right for me because two hitmen dating each other, <laughs> it just yeah, it becomes completely normal that all you think about and all you talk about is how to assassinate like a Brazilian right. dictator. Yeah, well, those were good times. Who books that? Right. <laughs> Who books Brazilian Who dictator? Books that? Who books that? <laughs> yeah, crazy. So you're it off, is weird. Off yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I. What is weird about it? You were saying. It's weird because I I have felt that way too where it is so funny to me that there are people I and maybe this is less of a thing now but when I was younger it felt like more of a thing where we would all sit around and go like I mean who else are you going to date? Who else is going to get it? Yeah. No one else is going to get it. I'm yeah. like, people in the army don't say this. Yeah. Like people who have been to war aren't like, I. no one's going to understand where I'm coming from. <laughs> unless they're, and it's like, we're just doing dick jokes like yeah. no one else can. South Bend funny bone. No, if you don't get those four <laughs> words, I can't love you. <laughs> You're right. If you haven't been to Cap City, I mean... What, oh, how God. will there be a level we never get to? There are people in platoons doing yeah. things that most people will never do, and they don't talk to us that way. No. <laughs> it's so stupid. We are so stupid. We're so stupid. But you get to a point where you're like, oh, we're just like enabling each other's insecurities and workaholism. Well, that's what I, that's what I ultimately thought it was. You, yeah. When you're dating another comedian, not all of them, Clearly, I think Natasha and Moshe are a wonderful couple. Mm -hmm. But when I did it, it was like, you won't get in my way. I'm like uh, Tom Cruise in Collateral. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, look, I'm in a cab killing seven people in Los Angeles in one night. Can you be my Jamie Foxx? Right. And they're like, I have people to kill, too. I'm... You know, yeah. I I have a thing too. I also have a thing. I'm killing six people. It doesn't mean you're better than me. <laughs> Are you gonna drive tomorrow? <laughs> so <laughs> funny. I re- I used to get in trouble. I always think of this because this is one of those things that you don't realize is a huge mistake when you're in your twenties. Mm-hmm. But you, when you look back, you're like it was. But my the girl that I dated, who was a comedian, was several years behind me, mm. and she wanted to do. <laughs> like a hot show in New York and I just went up to the book and I was like you should uh, you should look at this person and she was mortified I oh. thought I was doing the good thing yeah and she was like you just did my nightmare right is that you went up and and there was like the, I didn't even recognize this but there was some condescension where I'm like well you're not gonna get all I was thinking was like people had done that for me. Like the way right. I got on it was someone did it for me. I know we're dating, but like there are things, the optics are just wrong. Yeah. I've never dated anybody that was like 
like five years behind me or something. I don't know that I could do that. Yeah. Like, I think that would be hard. And I don't know that I could date somebody who was like way more successful than me. I actually, I probably could, but like, I, I, I don't know that I could handle being someone who was ahead. Yeah. And navigating that. That sounds, that sounds really hard. I hear you. It's great when it's like, you're both kind of in the same. Oh, yeah that's awesome it's an alliance yeah it's an alliance it's cool you're like this is like fan fiction yeah like on for some people on reddit it's like dating and other people are mad probably (laughs) it's like dating in high school you know you're probably gonna break up when you go to college (laughs) right but you're like right now we're prom king and queen and it's too lonely out there (laughs) it's too hard out there we need to do this together yeah so uh, here's a question about i'd like to hear about your boyfriend in general but also in your special you said something that i thought was really smart but you talked about the the when you go to enough therapy, you realize it's you. Remember, yeah. like you're a raccoon in a bag. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. you get in a fight, yeah. I was wondering, just like to help people, even me, like what are the things that you figured out about yourself? Like what were those humbling things where you're like, oh wait, oh. I had this issue, I had this issue. Even though a lot of them are in your special, I'm just wondering, like what those oh aha God. moments were. I mean, so many. I. Being on mood stabilizers, I feel like an entirely different person, which mm. has been which has been tough because I, I started on the ones I'm on now that worked for me a few months before I filmed Quarter Life. And so that would have been mid-2019. And then I was on half the dosage I am now for like a year and a half. And I thought I was great. And I'm like, we got it. And then I had like another episode and I was like, that's when I found out I was bipolar too. And I, once I got to this dosage, it was like, oh, okay, this Mm. is what it is. And looking back on stuff, you go, oh, I, I used to pull away from people when I felt scared and nervous and betrayed and what? Retreat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And really just like. I used to be, I think I used to be really angry. Like I used to be very suspicious of everybody. I used to expect people to lie to me and leave me and all these different things that I now realize were coming from somewhere inside me. Sometimes they weren't. Sometimes I was right. And sometimes that was fully happening. And then kind of to your point, I think this is one of the most interesting undiscussed things about relationships is what we're unconsciously looking for. Mm. Like when you say it's a self-fulfilling prophecy and then you act a certain way to make it happen. Yeah. That's, that is one aspect of it. I think there's this other aspect with like, what are you attracted to and why? Yeah. And I'm not trying to, I sure don't want you to feel sad, but I have to think with your, with your mom, that's a type of abandonment, right? Oh yeah. So you feel almost like, like that, you know, when being sad is kind of cozy, I think you do. Yeah, I do. So you kind of like are looking for what's familiar. Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe even being left is the worst thing in the world, but it's also kind of like, at least you know how to navigate it. Right. Yeah. The, the whole, what you were talking about with feeling like you have to earn people's love and affection. I felt that way with my dad who is alive, but I don't speak to. Mm. So I talked to him. Uh, you talked to him? Yeah, oh, yeah. how's he doing? We have a WhatsApp. He's, oh, oh, good. Okay, He's well, great. that's great. If you could, uh, you know, change his mind on some things, that would be great. Uh, 
You seem like a you should you should be <laughs> a therapist. You really are. You should be a therapist for conservative middle aged white men Whoa. because you have the Christianity vibe to you, yes. so you could kind of sneak it in there. Well, you say something to me, and then I go, "Okay, I'll take yeah. that to him." And then I go to him, like the UN. Yeah. And then he yeah. says something to me, and then I go, "Like, well, I'm not going to say that." Right. <laughs> and then I change it a little bit. Well, well, let's get to that. We'll in, figure, in a, in, we'll figure in a it moment. out. Yeah. But like, I think. For me, I expect to have to earn somebody's love and that they're going to say something like just crushing to me. Mm. If somebody like showers me with praise and love, but then will say something really devastating and horrible and not listen to what I'm saying or what I need or like all of that feels very familiar to me because that was my relationship with my dad. Yes. So that is the first part. And then if that's not the case, if I feel safe and loved and taken care of, I immediately think they're going to die. Right. Of course. So you got both one way or the other. Nobody's sticking around. Right. Right. Which is why. See, I Taylor, this happened last time. I I really don't want to sound like I'm over here and I figured it out, but something that worked for me. I just remember before I met Val, mm-hmm. I had a lot of friendships actually that were modeling uh, something toxic that I had with my mom, oh, which is very similar. My mom is very loving, but then she'll also be like, well, that hat is ridiculous. You know, oh, just, which yeah. it's like, she says it. And yeah. I thought, I convinced myself that I really liked that. I right. was like, I wish my dad was like that, by the way. That that's not what ridiculous. I'm talking about. No, yeah. I know, I know. Yeah, At yeah, least yeah. it's mild. I wish it was that, yeah. That's yeah, worse than that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's pretty bad. Yeah. What do you mean? You oh, it's really still? bad. When did I'll you tell s- you off, Mike, but okay. it's bad. I'm it's so really sorry. rough. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really rough. It's like, we can't, it's like, we can't speak to you anymore. Rough. Wow. Like, I'm it has so to get sorry. to a bad point. Yeah, that was the thing is like, the the LA times called you, which I'm so sorry again that that I, happened to no, you. I said to you, I was like, I hope that was okay. Cause I directly addressed yes. how I was hoping that maybe it would not, not just for the sake of like being nice, right. that you and your dad would at some point reconcile, but because that just seems to be how things go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They die and then they change. Like yes. that's, that's what we can say about the whole universe. Yeah. It's constantly dying and changing. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's what I was like, Oh, wouldn't it be interesting if your religious dad and you had your own sort of death and resurrection? Cause that's just the sine wave. Of, of course. The universe. And if it was just that, if it was just, you know, we have different religious, but I have plenty of family, not plenty, but I have some family that, you know your grandparents or whatever they believe different things religiously but there's still that love and yes you know and you, you all know and it's okay and you just have different opinions this is not that this is like emotionally abusive mental illness like this is not good so wow. i was trying to speak about it very uh you know vaguely and balanced in this la times article and i think maybe i think that interviewer was i know that interviewer who was very lovely was coming from a place of like he came up very religious and related to that part we talked for two hours and it was mostly just about 
me. Well, I love talking about religion. So, and I me was, too. I was just going like, did you know prayer isn't just a list of things you want? It's actually right. a way of seeing the world or whatever. Right, was right, like, right. We were really vibing. Yeah. And we talked for you about you, just, just what's in the article, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, when you find another person who's like, Who you got out, I got out, and yes, I yes. have all these feelings about it. Like, yeah. that was very much how that interview was. And yeah. so, of course, we, like, got to that. And I think maybe he thought it was more, like, of a religious thing of, like, well, we just don't, you know, I don't believe in God, and that's sad. and Or, like, I don't believe in the Christian God, or, right. like, I don't, whatever. But I it's love more that than I'm that. the one person that you would be like, no, you know, I I have a some interpretation of the unknown. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I know there's something else, yeah, but look, yeah. the space pictures fucked me up. I wasn't just like cool. Oh, sure. Uh, how do the space pictures make you feel? Great. Well, I'll tell you. I feel like you jerked off to the space pictures. Supernova. Like you loved it. <laughs> a champagne supernova. <laughs> I love the space pictures, and look, let's not get off uh, this topic because I think people are here to hear about you but the space pictures are great and i i saw this there was a tiktok that i really enjoyed that that valerie showed me and it was like jesus is my lord and savior really he went to all of these because each one of these is like a billion planets mm, or something mm-hmm. and i was like that's why the only definition of god that works first of all god is just a word that means origin it means mm-hmm. the most irreducible nature of existence right mm. so we call it god and then it becomes all these other things and even with jesus Jesus, to me, is just someone who realized his oneness with the, con- the constant of being, which is beingness. So when you look at a photo like that, and you're like, look at the infinite potential of planets and solar systems and stars. Well, the only thing that we have in common with that that's a constant is they are, <laughs> is, yeah. is beingness. So meaning... If there is an alien species on another planet, and, and, and undoubtedly there is, they are conscious. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So Jesus doesn't have to go to them. They are, if you'll forgive some religious language, they are the Christ. They are using the Christ, which is awareness. They're using mm-hmm. the same mechanism that makes me aware. Yeah. See, I just, I just don't want to think about it that much. Is how I feel. I just spent so many years thinking about it. Well, and see, I just, that wasn't fun for you? I Nope. I don't feel that way anymore. The way I feel about it is like, yeah, there's something else. Isn't that cool? But I'm not going to figure it out. And I don't want to do something. I don't want to pour time and energy into something that has no end point. Like, you know, if I could like find the answer, I'd go look for it. But there is no answer. So like, I don't want to. Well, there's no answer you can know. <laughs> Do you not, know what You're I mean? not going to like it. There's only answers you like can it. become. It's very. You're like it's not. It's all good. You're you're really in a productive, good place. Yeah. And like I think when the sediment settles the lake gets clearer and that's just not where we're at right look, now. look when i do mushrooms i feel great yeah, i, I feel did like your, did mushrooms oh yeah feel, doing mushrooms feels great that's the only time i feel like it's just all of it man like we're just all yeah. here and it's great and it's all the same stuff well that's exactly my point yeah but i don't feel that way all the time the rest of the time i'm just like i can't think about this too much i gotta Otherwise, I, I go to nothing matters really quickly now. Mm. And then it makes it hard for me to get motivated to do things. Well, I think the meaning of life is is life, including the moments where you go, nothing matters. I think okay. in that moment, you are the universe having the experience of, fuck this. And that's as valid as, of an okay. experience as anything. Okay. Yeah. All right. You wanted to do it. Yeah. I mean, Taylor, I feel bad now because maybe you don't want to talk this way, but I'm like, if there was one thing 
that mm-hmm. we could call God that's split into a billion, not even a billion, billions of billions and billions and billions and billions and billions of things mm-hmm. because it wanted to know what it was like to be a seashell. <laughs> and it wanted to know what it was like to be yeah. an, a comedian estranged to her father. It, wants, it wanted to play every game. And yeah. that, that'll never make sense to our mind because right. we don't want to think it's a, a game, but it's it's just, it's so in love with experience and exploration and expansion that like, even when you're like, Here's an Alan Watts quote, right? He goes, an atheist is the greatest of God's creations because it, it's God got so lost in its own game that it stopped believing in itself. Ooh. It's actually the most sublime art piece. Yeah. Can you imagine if a, it's like a painting became self-aware and was like, nothing painted me. That's, br- that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. It's like, whoa, it, it's so its own thing that it, it cut itself from the... It flew away from the falconer completely. It's just a falcon. <laughs> it's just a free falcon. You see a free falcon, you're like, Jesus Christ, like it's pretty great. Well, let me go back. Can I tell you why I told you that thing about like if there's life on other planets? Like why that's not just a thought experiment. It's actually something that makes me feel yeah. less panic when I see the space photos. Yes. It's because anything that's happening there is happening on the same screen that that this is happening. Meaning... If uh, this will either do it for you or it won't, but your experience is known, right? Something knows your experience. Mm-hmm. Like your eyes are taking in this information, but there's something that registers it, mm-hmm. and we could just call that consciousness. Mm-hmm. And that I would say is another understanding of God. God says, "I am that I am." He's saying, "I am emness." So it's the thing that's registered. So even if there is an alien over there, he's that or it, it is operating with the same consciousness that's the one constant no matter how many universes there are no matter how many planets there are no matter how many deviations of life there are all of life in that being would be known with the same consciousness that i am known Mm -hmm. and that you could call god that's that's what we mean that the pursuit of the spiritual is looking for what doesn't change Mm. doesn't matter if you're tripping on mushrooms or having this conversation with me right now or if you're happy or sad or five years old or 45 years old the thing that knows your awareness never changes. That's why I'm 43. I don't feel any older. Mm. That's me getting in touch with the fact that there's a constant. And the thing that's constant is, I mean, you can close your eyes. Where does this end? Mm-hmm. Close your eyes and ask yourself, is there something, you don't have to, but is there, I'll do it. Is there something, <laughs> is there a boundary when I'm looking at my own awareness? Is there a boundary on the other side of which this, this awareness isn't? I think I'm just dumb. You're not dumb. I'm not explaining it well. I'm trying to get you in touch with your own infinity. I, what I like, I like. You said, I think I'm just dumb. Here's what I like. I I think we're on the Deepak Chopra network and you're trying to bring it back to comedy. I like to just go, I don't know. That that was what feels most comfortable to me because it took me years to get there. Yeah. I think for years I was like, no, it's God and it's Jesus. And like, okay, I don't understand this. This is how I make sense of that. Okay, you created the world and it's all Like there was just so much of that that now I just kind of live for the moments where you're in nature or I'm like with my siblings where mm. I just feel that like, oh, there's something bigger. Like there's there is meaning. There's something important about this that is that is as spiritual as i like to feel like that's how i like to i like to feel like there's some meaning all of that makes me feel like there's none 
where I'm like, well, if it's just, it's cool, I guess. But like, if this doesn't matter, really, on a core level, like, why am I doing it? You know, just for fun. Mm. Like, mm. I want to get to that place. I'd love to get to that place next where I just go like, yeah, it's just fun. We're just having fun. Isn't this fun? Let's go do that. Like, oh, I'm in pain right now. That's a different thing. That's a different yeah. experience. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's like the best situation where you like go through a heartbreak and it's like interesting to you. Where you're like, mm-hmm. I've never been this hurt. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like this is a different kind of pain and emotional, like, what, and it's why you like watch movies of exactly. people going through heartbreak. It's like, oh, I connect to this now. I get this now. Or like why people have babies because they're like, oh, this like opened up well, this another is... part of my brain and like this new level of love that I got to that I want to experience. Like that thing you're talking about with whatever God is wants to experience everything. Like I feel that way as a woman where I'm like, I would like to have children, but I would like to adopt and I'd also like to be pregnant and I'd like to, I just like to feel all the things out of you know, curiosity and a desire for the full experience Mm -hmm. of experiences that I want to have. I don't want to have every experience. Some of them are painful and scary and hard, but the ones that I do want to have, I'd like to get to all of them. That's interesting to me. And I like talking about that, but I, I don't like going to that very like nihilistic place of like, what are we, who cares? I sure. Yeah. I, I don't, feel like it's who cares you don't feel like that <laughs> no okay. that's what you got from me saying that's where i yeah operates on consciousness i was trying to say like it's all one party oh okay <laughs> that maybe i misunderstood i was panicking in my head where i'm just like oh, yeah no there's we're so small that's why I'm i feel saying, like, I just go like i'm just an ant i no, feel like no. i'm an, when i saw those space pictures yeah i felt like an ant carrying a big piece of cookie on my back and Everyone's like, look, it's so big. It's We're so small down here. Isn't that cool? And I'm like, no, it's not cool. Why are we carrying this cookie over here? And they're like, because then the cookie will be over there. And it's we're still ants down here. That's We're still ants. But yeah, there's a lot of other bigger stuff. And we're just really small. And I'm like, just I hope then someone just step on me. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I totally know what you mean. I have moments yeah. like that. Yeah. I don't just walk around holding it all together at all. I deal with that all the time. Yeah. I'm just saying, the cleanest way I can say what I'm saying is no matter what is anywhere, mm-hmm. the operating system is the same and it's all consciousness. Mm. It's all, if there's something that's conscious somewhere, even if it's just an ecosystem, even if it's just plant life or water, it's all being known with the same mechanism that I'm on. Meaning, what does that mean? What, what? That's what I was trying to say. It's not just a thought experiment. It's me saying, I belong here. Mm. I'm not a visitor here. Mm. Again, Alan Watts says, we're not like, people say you came into the world. When you were born, you came into the world. Like Taylor showed up into the world. Mm-hmm. He said, a better way to say it would be, you came out of the world. Mm. Meaning, it's all one thing. That's the cliche of the spiritual be one with the universe. That's all one thing. I don't, I see photos. You could get pretentious and say, I saw photos of myself. I saw the photo of the only thing that's happening. Mm. It's all relative distance. They're small. We're big. It's like medium only exists in relation to small and large. If you have a medium ice cream and you walk out of the store, it's not a medium ice cream. It's just the size that it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, and we're only small in relation to them. It's all together. 
It's mm-hmm. like I'm at home here. I'm not a mistake. Mm-hmm. They're me. I'm them. It's all. It's it's just a way of making me feel less anxious, I suppose. Okay. As opposed to going like I'm just this and they make me irrelevant they're it's the same thing which some people like that some people like going oh my god i'm so small and nothing matters and that's great some people feel that way yeah i i don't know i think it's both i think it's a paradox it's like it's like I'll give i you... think the space pictures were a rorschach test <laughs> hilarious <laughs> you saw what you want to see for yeah. sure but i think i i think Yes, I think it's both meaningless and the most meaningful. I think this conversation we're having right now is the most meaningful thing in the world. Mm -hmm. And it's also, as the Buddhists would say, it's on fire. It's gone. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter that we film it. At some point, those will be gone. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, this is what someone in their car is having a panic attack right now, listening to this. Just pulling over. I'm going to eat the Arby's now. Yeah, just who (laughs) gives a shit? It's really, because like, do you feel that way? I was talking to I was talking to Zach about this last night before I went on stage where I was like, do you ever just feel, I think he might've said, was like, do you ever just feel like so crazy that everyone's just like sitting there watching you talk? Like there's just 500 people in this room right now. Just like, he's like, oh my God. He's like, like people put on makeup and they just came to sit here yes. and listen to us talk talk yeah. it's so weird he's like if somebody just like he's like if some other thing did come watch it they'd be like why are... i think this if you could take one person out of an audience uh-huh. and put them in like the the mac commercials room just so all white matrix room yeah and and we can't hear the audio of the comedian and we just hear what you say four you know, just like distract, yeah. like that's pure insanity for sure. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah, but everything is. I mean, okay, it's really tempting to just only talk about spiritual things. It's yeah. like my brain me, is swollen right now. There's a relief in going. It's both. It's like you're the most precious thing in the world, who you really are. But all these thoughts and feelings and emotions and memories isn't what you wasn't what you really are. Because when you were a baby, you were as you as you are. I disagree. Really? Yeah. You think? Well, you. Hadn't, I don't think you were as you as you are. Well, you, you hadn't built the thing called Taylor yet. Yeah. But I'm saying that thing that you built that we go around insisting that we are. Sure, there's some constants in there. There's your personality and your preferences and stuff. We could say that's real, but a lot of that shifts. Like. Those those beliefs change. Uh, Taylor, who's a Christian, has changed. Taylor, who is this? Taylor, who's not good at stand-up, has changed. You know what I'm saying? Like, now we have Taylor, who is good at stand-up. So yeah. the interesting thing and the thing that we can rest in and feel peaceful in is the only thing that was consistent that whole time. Do you feel connected to who you were as a child? I feel like the same thing. You feel like the same thing. So you, at like eight, you feel like the same thing. I am the same thing. But you feel it. Yes. That's interesting. And then other times I go like, God, I have to reply to all these fucking business emails and I lose it. Yeah. But this, by the way, look to any myth for other examples of this. They're always trying to get something back. Yeah. You know what I mean? They need to go on a quest and regain their innocence. The fountain of youth or the holy grail. We want to get back to that place where we were less encumbered, where where there were less things in between our true nature and you know our experience because that's yeah. where peace is. You can be pe- like when you take mushrooms. I I think what happens is a, a lot of the story dissolves. Mm-hmm. 
to that, why don't you tell me, instead of me telling you about your mushroom experience, why don't you tell me about what what happened? When did you do them for the first time? I did them for the first time, I guess it was 2020. Yeah, it was probably 2020. Okay, not and long ago. Not that long ago. During no. the pan. Yeah. Interesting. We did them outside. Okay. Um, and my friend Chelsea's done them a lot, and she was like, I think you'd like them. And so we did them, and I was like... Where? Huntington Gardens in Pasadena. I mean, I'm a member. And I've so also, am I. Yeah. I've also tripped. At Have you? Gardens. It's the perfect place. There are bathrooms. Yep. There's a cafe. A lot of bathrooms. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you're also, there's extensive grounds we we me and my friend had high tea you know how you can have yes tea? and it started kicking in while we were at tea and Amazing. i was like talk about your friend's feeling that's kind of a synchronicity i was like this is ridiculous we're like shaved apes yeah. sitting around eating tiny sandwiches being like what do you think of the tea <laughs> you know it was yeah. totally a joke but not a uh, i keep imposing my my beliefs on it not like a bad joke, a hilarious joke. <laughs> like, yeah. look at what we're doing. Look yeah. at the game we're playing now. So you you did them. Where where did they start kicking in? Just because I know they started kicking in uh, in that stretch by the, all the statues and the fountain. Okay, that stretch, and we sat the rose down. Garden. The rose garden. Yeah. yeah, no, that's not the rose garden. The rose garden's a little further. I'm talking about the one with the the just the long lawn. And at the oh, end is the fountain, yes. and it's oh, yes. lined with yes. statues. We always go another route. We don't. Go, oh, I see. Yeah, we go you go through inside. the like villa. Yep. Whatever. Yes. We're members. We're members. Huntington.org. Yes. <laughs> so good. So worth it. Oh yeah, we way. go all the time. Oh my god, all the time. And when you have a baby, if you do, if you have a baby, you go. You take your kid there. Amazing it's place an, to bring a baby. That place makes me want to have a baby. No, that's where you go to get real. You'll ovulate. <laughs> You will. Oh my God! It becomes an ovulation. Station. What do you think when people are like, "You shouldn't have babies right now because everything's going to shit"? I say a bit about that. I'm like, "Do you think the scientists that are saying the world's going to end in 20 years are they having babies?" Like, I just asked oh. the audience. I go, "Do you think they're having babies?" Some of them. I I think I, I'm sure some of them are having. Babies. I'm sure some of them are too. Because no matter what, and I think there's something really beautifully human going on there, in almost like a. It's almost like Star Trek. You know how Star Trek's like in a utopia where we figured everything out? We tend to find a way. Other mm -hmm. civilizations have gone away. I'm not saying it's a guarantee. And there's a good chance that we will go away too. But there's always this hope that, that that's like one of the, like if aliens were studying us, they'd be like, I never am ceased to be amazed by your hope, even yeah. in the face of like horrible data. Yeah. That's why I think some of those scientists are having babies. Interesting. Yeah, but I'd love the da I'd love the data. I'd love. To Are know. you nervous as a someone who's a parent of a young child? I'll answer in a bit. It's like you, yeah, you climbed a mountain to talk to a comedian. Let me answer in a bit. <laughs> I think it's funny that it, this never works. I go, I think it's funny that people are afraid of flying because uh, the plane might crash. And I'm like, but we're always in these airplanes. And then I put my arms out. <laughs> like you're never not on an airplane. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. When you're in an airplane, yeah, you're in an airplane. But when you're on the ground, you're in these airplanes and yeah. you're the fucking pilot and you keep eating cake and cholesterol full food. Like you, yeah. there's danger. Yeah. So like, yes, there are new dangers, but like there was a time that you and I, we wouldn't have been recording it. We would have been having a chat under mm -hmm. a cherry blossom tree and would think Genghis Khan might come and chop our heads off. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like there's just living in threat of elimination is not a new thing mm. to human beings. Right. Uh, so now you've caught me being like, I don't, I don't spend too much time thinking about that as much as I'm like, 
oh, we could die. What kind of what else is new? We should do everything we can to protect other people and yeah. protect my my family and protect my friends and all and all, the, every the whole world. But I'm also I, I don't spend too much time being like I don't know. I remember when Trump won and people were like, "It's all gonna you know." And a lot of bad yeah. things did happen, but not the things they were saying in that green room. Mm, right in that <laughs> you know green room. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what do you think? Uh, what do I think about you having kids? No, no, no. What do you think about? Do you worry about the planet ending and all that? Um, when I worry, I drink liquid death. Um, <laughs> I, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no. I I think I have such bad anxiety that I worry about everything all the time. So it just gets really overwhelming to me, and I have to just stay focused on like what I have to do today and like come up with a new goal to have and figure out how to make meaning of things because again it's really easy for me to just slip into like i don't want to be i get exhausted by my fear and i don't want to feel that way anymore and i just don't want to feel anything i just i'm like i can't i it's too much and it's too hard and it's too painful mm. and sometimes that is very liberating and you just go like i just don't care and i'm fine and i'm just gonna choose to enjoy this and then other times it sends you into like a very deep depression of like mm. i don't you know like i do feel that way i feel that way when people say um why are you having kids when the world's gonna end etc and i, I kind of feel like why are, yeah why are we doing anything still if it's just I, yeah. gonna end like it's not specific to kids like why are we doing any of this right yeah val and i we're i'm always trying to work on this bit where it's like explaining life to my child yeah it's like well there's um theme parks and there's mm-hmm. there's candy and there's ooh lobster you like lobster you like lobster. uh we all die one day mm-hmm. um just slip that in between yeah, lobster yeah, and theme parks like, yeah we i don't know how to make it work but that's sort of the deal yeah um, and we really don't like that. We want to put our names on buildings and we want to yeah. have statues, but I know what you mean that some of my, the voice of some of my sadness can be like, who cares that there's a statue of Walt Disney here? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like oh, it doesn't make a difference to him. Here's a question. Mm. Cause you don't seem like you feel like this now. Maybe I'm wrong and you do, but you seem very, you know, sort of evolved and spiritual and on a higher level and like you just want to be happy above everything else but when you were younger coming up in comedy were you like i want to be the greatest of all time yeah okay do you still feel that way no that's okay that doesn't that kind of suck but do you miss it no because i think i am one of the greats oh okay yeah i don't know if you you feel like you did it you made it i only say this because the difference becomes who's telling you you're shiny Okay. They were back to the beginning of our conversation. And I know it's absurd to say I think I'm one of the greats, but I watch I watch the greats it's and then not I absurd. watch what I'm doing and I go I'm doing what they're doing. You yeah. know what I mean? That that's my that wow, that's I, I, you could wait for aforementioned vulture to say Pete Holmes is one of the greats. Uh-huh. Or you could just go ahead and be like, "You know what? I'm meeting my own standard." Like I'm wow. doing it. Okay, and it. I mean, I've, but it really helps to have like a family and like I come home yeah, and Val's giving say. me little sweetie kisses. So there's different altitudes to fly at, right? And now we're in the middle. There's the spiritual one, which I'm going to stop doing because it's not really helping anybody. And <laughs> the comments are like, "Taylor doesn't like it. Stop, <laughs> stop God splaining." 
<laughs> no, uh, Taylor does like it. I, well, we did talk a lot about it last time, and it was interesting. To, I, I'm Were curious people to see upset? where you're at. No, no, no. Oh. I'm curious to see where you're at. I wouldn't know. Leave don't. any comment you want. Leave any comment you want. Look we don't care. Speaking of, of nothing shit. matters. Right. Your comment certainly doesn't. Barking into a void. <laughs> Barking into a void. Except every once in a while, the nice ones, the guy who posts them, Joe, will say like, look, this guy posted this really nice one. So, that is nice. There you go. Uh, what were we saying? Oh, We were talking about wanting to be the greatest of all time. There, well, th- what I'm saying is what I find interesting about spiritual pursuits, and I think this is really going to speak to you, is... I find it paradoxical. The more that I meet my my needs, my psychological needs, all that stuff that I was just dismissing, the the false self, the Pete that's just a, a, a matrix of memories and feelings and opinions and preferences, past experiences and fears and all that stuff that I think is me. I was so dismissive of that and going like, that's all on fire. Who cares? Okay, well, let's change altitudes. That matters. Like meeting my needs exercising, meeting my needs, meditating, meeting my needs with my family, meeting my needs creatively, making sure I do stand up at least X number of times in a month or whatever it might be. There's no more beautiful spiritual time for old Petey than after he had a great set. What What is going on there? Mm. Meaning it's not a flaw. I don't think it's a mistake. Playing Taylor the game Taylor to an optimum place and getting in that state of flow where you're like, this is what I was meant to do, which is how I feel when I watch you do stand-up, for example. Mm-hmm. You found it. You, you're, you're not pushing the river. You're just going along with the ride and, and you're serving people. I know you, you probably don't want to hear that, but like people are sad. People are lonely. People are all these things. And there we are. Val and I had a good old hearty heart watching it and laughing at things, things that maybe are hard to say. It's beautiful. That's a gift. And when you're in that frequency, that's when I tend to be a little bit more like, it's all okay. It's all okay. So yeah. you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We don't have to dismiss it. Uh, so anyway, back to your to your thing about unless you had a thought on that. No, I kind of I'm I'm just I, I'm deciding whether or not to ask this because it's such a hacky question, but I'm going to fuck it. Did you feel that when you got really happy and settled, were you afraid that you were going to get worse as a stand up initially? Was that an initial fear of yours? That you then just at a certain point were like, oh, no, we're fine. Right. Well, I think it's an okay question. I don't think it's a hacky question. I mean, it goes back to what I, so a lot of the relationships before, remember, I was starting to say were modeled after what I thought was appropriate because of how my mom was to me. Mm -hmm. The example I always use, and again, this is why we stopped talking about it because we started talking about how terrible your dad can be. (laughs) But my mom, just little things like that's a gaudy watch or whatever. So I would look for people that would say that's a gaudy watch and that's fine because that's what I thought I deserved. You know what I'm saying? Uh, And then I met Val and I found somebody who I loved and who loved me just for who I was and took no effort. Yeah. The test was always like, are you more yourself with them than when you're not? And that's not always right away, but like you ease into that. Yeah. And then she thought I was so funny. And then I was like, I'm just going to be like this. I'm just going to. And then, and then you have that safety net under you again, which is like, it contributes to the fearlessness and it contributes to my ability to go like, I think I'm doing great because Val is modeling a higher vibration, a higher standard of love. Does that make sense? So yeah. you go on stage a little more fearlessly mm. because you're not trying to win it. That's really nice. From the audience. Yeah. 
That's really cool. Yeah. Is that hopeful? That's super hopeful. Oh, good. I love that. That makes up for all that space shit you said earlier. Oh, we'll edit that out. That we're all just space, and we're all the same matter, and that's why nothing does. I um, didn't say I that. I know you didn't. I'm kidding. I'm twisting your words. I'm twisting your words. Um, but no, that is that is very helpful, because you do... I think a lot of people worry about that. I think, and Which myself part? included, is like, well, once I'm like really happy and I have a family and I'm yeah, did you have that with settled with medication? Because that's an that's a I happy did question. I had that with medication too. I think I was glad that I felt like I had something to say once I figured out the medication stuff, so that helped. But like the last last May is when everything happened. And so it's been a, it's been a year with of your dad? me. No, no, no. Of me being well, also that. But it's been uh, it's been a year of me being on like the right amount of medication and knowing oh, exactly I see. I see. what I need and what's going on. And I do feel very different. And it has been a full year since I've had any like hypomania, and that has been something that I really had to like mourn the loss of mm. because I looked back at my twenties and I looked back at so many moments in my twenties that those episodes were really like helpful in terms of like being really motivated mm. and like, like really nailing something, whether it was like a taping or whatever. And like it would be, but you also have to remember the other side of it, which is like I was also like destroying personal relationships at the same time. Like it wasn't it wasn't all just good, but it is this incredible feeling of like it's like having the most self-esteem in the world and hypomania isn't as intense as mania. So hypomania, you can like just feel like, well, I'm just really productive and I'm just really motivated and like we talk for a living. So you can just like kind of tell everybody why what you're doing makes sense and it's great. And they're like, Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. I guess that makes sense. Even if they're like, that seems fast or like a lot or well, also because it know. makes money. People won't that too. It. Oh yeah. People. Yeah. As exactly. long as it works, it's okay. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Even so, if it's not mentally helpful. I, I felt that way. Um, and in relationships too, like every time I started a relationship, I was, generally uh now looking back um in a hypomanic state and i just I, i'm relating really hard yeah in my first marriage we moved upstate and mm. val and i have a term for it we call it mania even though it's not diagnosed uh oh we call it manic i just say just so you know i'm manic right now mm. uh meaning i'm aware that i'm i call it infinite potential my brain just lights yeah. up like christmas uh, don't pitch me a movie because I'll attach. I'll make it. And I'll make it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll write it. Sometimes I'll write something really I got fervently. three cameras in here. Yeah. <laughs> we can do it. <laughs> Katie brought a bounce. Um, we, but like, I just had to become aware uh, that that's a dangerous state in the sense that I'll agree to things or I'll plan things. And the example that I was about to give you was I didn't know when, in my first marriage, this is noteworthy, I didn't know that I was sometimes manic. There was mm. no vocabulary for that. And I agreed to move upstate, which was mm. a terrible idea for me, mm -hmm. when I was manic. Because I, I remember I had just come home from doing a set. And I yeah. was like, and I, and I think that same day, isn't this sweet? It's like one of those early, 
early achievements. I had met someone who like knew a commercial agent who was going to get me a meeting. Yeah, or something. yeah, and I was yeah. Like, I'm on the launch pad, man. Let's do this. Yes. From Sleepy Hollow, New York, and it was like <laughs> terrible. And then when I crashed. Yeah. Uh, and I don't crash as hard as I'm up. I, that might be delusional, but I tend to go really up, and then I tend to just go to like a normal feeling low. But it is low. Um, I'm like, what have I done? I, I don't mm. understand what I did. So I, I, I relate. I, yeah. I just don't want you to feel alone in this. I, I think a lot of creative people relate. And I know what you're saying, where it's like you get level, but then you miss that. You maybe miss writing a, um, an entire novel yeah. in 48 hours. Right, because exactly. Because you're just... If you stop, you might burn up or something. Like, you might vanish. Right. But then, yeah, the flip side of that is, like, canceling three weeks of work because you can't get on an airplane without mm. scream crying. You know? Like, it's just, like... Did that happen? It's a, Oh, yeah, there were times... I had to just cancel. It was getting worse and worse, and I just had to, like... I had to, like, cancel, like... Scream crying on an airplane? I, I wasn't scream crying on an airplane. Like, I was scream crying at home yeah. and couldn't stop and was just, like, I have to just... Yeah. Say I'm sick or something, and By I just the way, can't do it. And you can edit anything out. It's interesting to me. People don't talk that way. Like when we talk about mental difficulties or whatever you want to mm -hmm. call them, I just like putting a label to Like scream crying is interesting to me. I don't hear people yeah. talking about that. I don't hear people talking about, you mentioned panic attacks and stuff. Oh, those yeah. Full, I think I'm going to die. Yeah. There, are, there have been several nights like that where like the last... A year ago, the crash that happened after like my last like hypomanic episode, which during which I like got an apartment in New York and was just like you know very like oh, I knew it really and uh, yeah yeah you just went online and rented an apartment. Uh, I was I was in my flight had gotten my flight was canceled and I got stuck in New York overnight and I was in a hotel and I was going through some stuff and I just went. I got like two hours of sleep and just made all these appointments at like three in the morning to go see. And I was flying out at two and I made all I'm these. I'm having a panic attack right now. Are you? No disrespect. But ah! That is really freaking me out. Yeah. And I went and looked at like four apartments from like 7 a.m. to like 11 and before I went to the airport and just like was like, I'm doing this. And in between each appointment, I called like, everybody in my life and just told them how great it was that I was doing it and why it was a great idea. And everybody was like, well, okay, yeah, wow. it's, you know, sure. And the next week, and then there's a bunch of other stuff that happened, but, uh, like what? Oh, you know, just like I was just oh, going you through. Know. Oh, you know, just I rented a bad girl. Costume. I like, yeah. I got a little grime. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just like, <laughs> I spent the entire flight home from New York, like, uh, just like on, I was like, well, just, to go on i just like got on a dating app for like five hours the entire flight home and went on like 10 dates in a week and i don't date i'm like not someone mm. who dates i like i'm just in relationships but i was like i can fucking do this this is easy and it was and mm. uh you know it's not and then like a week later like crashed and i talked to my uh I talked to my therapist about it and she goes, okay, sounds like maybe you had some like hypomania going on. And I said, what's that? And she goes, oh, I don't want to freak you out. It's only if it lasts longer than like three, maybe four days. And I said, oh, it was like, like seven or eight for sure. And I did all this stuff and she was like, oh, okay, yeah, we should probably talk to your psychiatrist then. Wow. So what does the hypo mean? I don't know. I think it just means like, it's just a way of differentiating 
between Tara, bipolar one and two. <laughs> I'm, you're asking me a question. I don't. I don't technically know. No, I've it's all good. Never. I felt. I've that. never been like, why is it hypo? Like, I don't yeah. know. It's yeah, just yeah. different. I think it's just a way of saying it's different than mania. Because from what I have been told and I think have it means it's looked up. Oh, that's what. It, oh, okay. Because yeah. I can't not know. Yeah. It means it's very clean and pure. Yeah. Did you get the apartment? Yeah, yeah still have it. <laughs> Yeah, because I was like, oh, we're just going to make the best of this, and there's a reason I'm doing it, and it's fine that I did it, and I'm going to do it, and it's great. And I don't I don't hate that I did it. Like, I could have not done it, absolutely for sure. But, like, I am, gl- like, most of the decisions I made during these episodes, I was able to spin it, hmm. you know, afterward or later, and... And sometimes it motivated me to do things I should have done also. So it's like not black and white. I couldn't be relating harder. Can I can I make a comparison? Yes. Whenever I watch a cult documentary, they always they really do. They edit out all the parts where they're like, let's call it the cause. The cause got me sober and it, I actually, you know, gain like lost weight and gained all this money and I met my wife and then they're like, but that guy was an asshole. You know, but they yeah. they I feel like they cut out the first part because we don't do well. Human beings don't do well with these stories that require a certain level of subtlety, like mm-hmm. subtle thinking, which is what you're doing, which is yeah. like, okay, I'm not getting an apartment, but there's kind of and I, look, I'm going to take it out of you. I like that state even though sometimes i move upstate with my ex-wife right right yeah exactly and like, what do we do with that yeah there's a i would i would go i just realized i was like oh this is like a pattern throughout my 20s where i would like break up with somebody and then like days later be in a new relationship essentially mm. like mm. just so little time in between that's the infinite potential of it it you're is like, it i can totally do this is. and you're because you're like I'm going to be fine so I can get out of this and I'm at my most attractive and confident and my career's going amazing. Like no matter like you were just it's it feels great. Even mm. when you're in like a mixed episode where you're like also maybe like it's just it's mania is like really hard on your body. Like oh, yeah. even when you feel like great you're also just like really irritable and you're like upset and it's not all like it's not like totally pleasant. But the highs are so, like, I have such vivid memories of it. Like, mm-hmm. one of, like, the darkest, like, 2019, the summer of 2019 was, like, one of the darkest periods of my life. But I was, it began with, like, hypomania. And I remember walking down the street after a a set at the cellar, just feeling like, and, like, I was like destroying my relationship. I was just like not in a good space and feeling like on top of the world and just going like, I have my whole life ahead of me and I'm going to be amazing. I'm the one of the best of all time and I'm incredible. And I'd had this amazing set and I was just like, New York's incredible. And like, it's hard to miss that and also feel like, Oh, was that just not real? Like that wasn't, that was like an imbalance. That was like a chemical imbalance in my brain. I know now and I know now how everything happened and how I shouldn't have handled certain things. And it's just like, it, it's been a very, it's something I'm still untangling 
honestly and making peace with and mm. again sort of mourning it's like it feels like college where like i ne- i didn't have like a college experience really so when people talk about college where they're like oh my god it was incredible and amazing i could never do that again right like that was not healthy but it was incredible at the time and i have such yes. great memories val and i were talking about that last night because we went to a party and we're like we're the lame parents like we're yeah, super lame yeah. and we were like i wouldn't trade it for the world yeah uh Here's a here's a interesting idea, because uh-huh. again, going back to how how others see us and 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 how we see ourselves and and you know you and I both can have moments where we're like I don't know shit and all that stuff. Yeah, I just wonder if that, and I'm not saying you need the mania, but I do think you need to like counterbalance the tailor that's like I'm not shit, mm. I have a big head or whatever. That's from your act. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. you know whatever your self doubt is. I do think it's natural and necessary to have times where you go like, I'm one of the greats. That's why I miss, know, I don't have that anymore. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't think you need the mania, but you might want to do look. Oh God. I almost recommended loving kindness to you, <sighs> but like there's certain forget meditation, forget any spiritual practice, but there are, there's something to say about like, if it's after you brush your teeth, Looking in the mirror and saying, fucking killing it. You know what I mean? Right. And that I, shit yeah. works. It's embarrassing, but it works. I think I can feel that way where I go, everything's going really great. Like, I think I think I am a successful, hardworking comedian. And but I don't I don't know how to get back into that headspace of like, not that I ever felt like I'm the greatest of all time, but I was like, I could be someday and i feel like i lost that when i leveled out and now i'm just like you're very successful but there's always somebody better or just as good and it's so subjective and it's hard to say and who's to say anyone's the greatest of all time and who are you to think that like all of that has sort of just again evened out the and i miss that that high of like i'm going to be on the Mount Rushmore of comedy. Well, I think you will be for sure. I'm I, not just saying that. We watched it. We were like, I know you don't like this, so I'll say it to the box over there. <laughs> it was flawless. I That's said that's very to nice you. of you. It to really say. was flawless. And I and because envy is one of the best compliments, I was really watching it going like because I can have thoughts where I oh I'm one of the greats. And I can also have the thoughts where I'm like, I got it. I, I paused it opened up my word doc my stand-up word doc and made notes about two bits that should be together because there's a theme between them because i was watching oh, you, really? the way that you were so it wasn't flawless up. no no <laughs> no 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 you were doing something that i was like i should be doing that oh i see what you're like saying you were bringing up a theme and then you'd mm-hmm. sort of deviate to go to that theme and then you'd come back to the theme, and i yeah. was like Ugh, like really that's so nice yeah like i really think envy isn't always ugly envy is just like a really true honest that's so good i want it right <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. it wasn't ugly i was like i don't want you to have it i was like inspired i was uh selena yeah. gomez i was selena i was selena gomez yeah. i was like truly she can do it and when i watch great santa i saw andrew santino not not to dilute your compliment but I saw Andrew Santino. <laughs> I followed him uh, not that long ago. Uh-huh. And he was up there giving so zero fuck that I was yeah. like, 
oh, right, we can give zero fuck. I just watched like, Dave. you're able to. I just watched Dave for the first time, and that show Chappelle? made me feel that way. Uh, I did watch Dave oh, Attell Chappelle. on tour with Burton. That also was like, oh, my God. But uh, I watched the show, Dave, and Santino's oh. on it, and he's so good in it. Oh, okay. And you're like, oh, my God, I should get better at acting. That, uh, that's, that was one of my questions. What were you going to say? I'm sorry, I don't want to cut you off. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, I was going to say, seeing your... Uh, well, first off, Dave is such a good show, and I was like, oh my God, this made me feel... I gotta watch Dave. Like, oh my God, it's so good. It's one of the best comedies I've ever seen. Really? Yeah, it's so good. That, edit all of this out. It's, they didn't, I don't recall getting a check from FX for this. Uh, I'm just it's kidding. truly so Look, good. I'm writing it down, Dave. It's really, really good. Uh, and I thought of it because you brought up Santino, and he's in it, and he's yeah. very good in it. Um, but I felt that way watching you because I I never see you do stand up live like yeah, it's... I did your Largo show once yeah and that was cool but that was a while ago yeah do the next but one I would love to do the next one that's not me fishing to do your Largo show but no, this I, is how it's booked that's <laughs> it's literally like oh <laughs> yeah do it. oh it's yeah like, it's, it's you. a real kringus but a like at a certain point you know yeah like I've noticed on Instagram you've been posting more clips lately yeah um which I really uh enjoy because you're like oh yeah like because yeah. you just once you are one of the greats as you've said about yourself <laughs> what a nightmare like truly though like once you're at a certain level you're like oh i don't have to be like you don't have to put out clips yeah like you don't have people are gonna come see you oh, if you're put, like you know sweet. what i mean yeah. like you don't have to do all this stuff we're doing down here <laughs> like <laughs> you know so like you don't you, you don't have that same and i feel this way too after this second special came out i was like i can maybe chill for yeah, a minute relax, but, but after the first one i was like i gotta put out another one to prove the first one wasn't a fluke yeah you've put out so much material at this point that like you can tour forever and people will come see you yeah, and that's a level not a lot of people get to that's a very like that is a one percent of comedy but as a result you know, you haven't put out a special in a while that I've watched, yeah, right? It's been no, a while, sure. right? And so seeing you and seeing you live is different than clips and specials anyway. And so seeing you live was so fun because it just like it like rocketed me back. And I think I said this to you, like back to like college. Yeah. Cause your first album came out my senior year of high school and uh, not to date myself. I'm 22. Um, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I love when young people do that, uh, came out my senior year of high school. And I remember quoting it in college to wow. friends. Like I like had all my friends in college listen to it and we would quote it all the time. Oh, wow. And like Dustin and I still quote some of your jokes I realized because I was like I want to I went back through and was looking at it this morning going I got to tell him which bits specifically. And then I was like, Oh, Dustin and I still do. Where's Tom Petty from? Aww. On the rest, sometimes we go the that whole bit about you just didn't know yeah, is yeah. so funny. I'm sorry, I'm quoting your own bits. No, uh, your know. hat is gone, Bradley. Like these are the things we. Were- <laughs> Bradley, your, hat is, your hat is gone, Bradley. Dylan, you just <laughs> had a banana. banana. <laughs> I can't believe I'm also enjoying this, but I, I haven't so thought of that joke. Must in so be long. free. Like, it, there were so many 
bits on that album that were so quotable oh, and we still do really it. Nice. and that's how you met your wife yeah like that's right these are the and look Dustin and i do our own bits to each other too but yeah. uh yeah, yeah I it's so. i was just like oh i did that in college and i was like we still do that wow isn't that fun that's the best and that that's what i was trying to say like when i'm like people need what what you're doing when, I, when Val and I say Selena Gomez now, you know what I'm yeah. saying? You want to permeate someone's life. Right, You yeah. want to become a bit that they do to one another. Yeah. And that still really makes me happy. So thank you for saying yeah. all so that. Yeah, so anytime we're like, I don't, who's that? What is it? Where's Tom Petty from? Yes. <laughs> and a shout out to Brian Regan, who I'm like, that's very Brian Regan. Oh, Where's yeah. Tom Petty from? I know, but he's got, cup of, Brian Regan's got so many cup lines like dirt. that too. That you just the love dirt, to say out of context. The big yellow one is the sun. Yes, the big yellow one is the sun. <laughs> I just said very solemnly. <laughs> big yellow one is the sun. Well, he's, he's, I mean, I think the greatest. See, that's my point. Do people put Regan on the yes. one of the greats? I mean, we do, but like Time Magazine or whoever the, I the authority. I think they do. I don't know. Do I, I, who's the authority? But that's what I'm saying. They're going to say Rock, Chappelle, I, mean, I think Brian Regan's up there for sure. I don't know. For us. I don't know. What I'm, I was trying to say, I bet. If he's not, I I'm, I'm definitely terrified for myself. Well, people who know, and Brian Regan, I think, has to know that he's one of the best. That's what yeah. I'm saying. But that's, that's the corner that I feel like I turned, which is like, I'm not, I'm no longer waiting for someone to tell me. That that's remember right. What, that's yes, what that's good. Going, I'm still trying to not be uncomfortable with the fact that I said that, but I actually don't. I'm just forecasting that I might feel uncomfortable that I said that. That's fair. Well, and there's so many. You just, I don't know. I'm at this point now where I just know so many comedians, and I know how many of them are good. Mm-hmm. That it, I think that's also part of why it's hard for me to feel that way because you just know how many good comedians there are, mm-hmm. and like. Yeah, the Mount Rushmore of comedy. You're like, I guess Kevin Hart's probably like for if we're talking about like what most people mm-hmm. think, mm-hmm. it's like wh- who's Mount Rushmore of comedy? Comedians Mount Rushmore of comedy, the general public's Mount Rushmore of comedy, stand up comedy fans, one, a comedian being interviewed, right? Rushmore. Exactly, like, you, you have different truly, answers, totally different yeah, answers. And you should. That yeah. Sometimes you want to shine a light over here or over there. You can't just say the same four yeah. people. So you have your people that you say. I'll make you feel better about having a moment of self-esteem. I have a friend who started dating a guy and she goes, he's a really big stand-up comedy fan. And I said, really? And she goes, yeah, he didn't know who you were though. And I was like, then he's not really a big stand-up comedy fan. Like I had that, isn't that so fucked up? I am that at that point where I'm like, if you're like a huge stand-up comedy fan, I'm, I'm in the conversation. I'm you dead. don't have to like me. And she goes, I go, who does he like? And she goes, he likes Bill Burr. I said, everyone fucking likes Bill Burr. That's- and then she goes, his favorite is Tommy Jonigan. And I went, fuck, okay. So he knows. So he's a real he is a big stand-up comedy fan, and I'm just shit. It changed that fast. It he does like Tommy John. Yeah. Like, I'm like, no, he knows he knows what good is. <laughs> not that Bill Burr's not good, but he's just Bill Burr is like it's like someone going like, I love In and Out, and you're like, we all love In and Out. That's right. Shut up. Yes. Like you're not this great aficionado of stand up. Like I like going he's to in the movies top on the ten. Weekend. Yeah, yeah, he's like does. Bill Burr is so good. He's the Avengers now. Like yeah. everybody loves Bill Burr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then to be like, no, I really like this amazing comedian too. That you're like, oh, okay, all right. So you you know a lot about stand up comedy actually, and it's just me. That's that so- Oh, good. I'll post more clips. I get it. 
Speaking of clips, you have to note the time. That's a great clip. That's a great clip. I'm sorry to be transparent, but instead of Joe, our guy, just scouring two right, hours, right, right. just post that. That was hilarious. I I noticed something. Bill did my. I, I mentioned he did my Largo, and this is Bill. Try and agree with everything I'm saying, and and no, I, Bill says no to start every sentence. I'll give you an example. Just like mirror me, like you're on a bad date. I'll, like, you know, just agree and say back to me what I'm saying. Okay. You know what I mean? You go to the supermarket, there's like four cereal aisles now. Yeah. There's like four cereal aisles. No, there's four cereal <laughs> Like, <laughs> oh, you, I, you have to say, even if you're just saying, like, yeah, that's a lot of cereal. No, really. You're going there. It's like someone unseen in the room is, <laughs> is disagreeing arguing. with Bill. <laughs> It was like, I thought it was good. No, that movie was good. No, people are shitting on it. It's like, <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> that's so Bill funny. Bill's another thing in the room. That's so funny. Um, there's so much. Can I ask you the generous question? Please. I think this is generous. Let's see if I can remember. So you go, you have that joke where it's like, instead of saying you are bipolar, you can say, I have bipolar, mm-hmm. right? This is just a little behind the Joker's studio. God, shoot me oh, in the no. face. Shoot me in the I'm face. Put a graphic on that. Oh, my this God. This is just a little behind the Joker studio. <laughs> Brought to you by Liquid Death. <laughs> I, just as a joke crafter, I know you love a, a lens crafter and a joke crafter. Uh-huh. Here's how the joke goes in my memory. You go, my therapist said, if it makes you feel better, you can say you have bipolar instead of you are bipolar. Uh-huh. You go... That's a little bit like someone saying, no, I was saying you were being a bit. Right. Right? That's the joke. Uh-huh. And it's very lean. It's like Toro Sushi. Uh-huh. No fat on it. It's real uh-huh. good. When you first did it, can I was wondering if, if there was a process, because it seems to me the first time you do that joke, you go, that's like someone w- when they say, I didn't say you are a bitch. I'm saying you're being a bitch. Yeah. A- am I right? Is there Was there a process? And then you were like, can I get away with just saying... Because it's very lean. I, yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting to me that the audience followed you with no casualties. You know what's so funny? That's the first joke I wrote about that. being bipolar. Oh, wow. And it worked so well. I tried it at Comedy Off-Broadway uh, in Kentucky. And it worked so well that I remember I said to the crowd, I was like, fuck, now I got to do jokes about this now. Because I said, I was like, I haven't done jokes about this yet. And I don't, I don't know if I'm going to, but let me just try this. And I tried it and it worked so well that I was like, okay, all right, I guess we're, we're doing it now. Wow. Yeah. So that's, I love that that's what came of it. You tried it, it killed so hard, and you're like, yeah. I have to do an hour on this? Well, then, well and then I was like, I got, well, because I thought a lot about it, because like, when I told, I talked to Dustin about it, Dustin Nickerson, very funny comedian, and uh, he, he, when I first told him, another joke that's in the special that is not a joke, it's just something he literally said to me, which was so funny, is I told him about being bipolar, and he was very nice and sweet, and said all the right things your best friend's supposed to say, and then said, you know, your, your mental illness was like your middle name. I didn't know what it was, but I knew that you had one, <laughs> which is an incredible line. I said, can I use that? Yeah. And then I did. And he was like, initially, he was like, well, now, you know, you have your next hour. You can do your next hour on that. And I was like, I don't want to do an hour about having bipolar two because that makes it feel like everything I felt when I found out that I was 
frustrated by or ashamed of was that I felt ashamed of it. Like it changed who I was and what I, I don't know that mm. people were going to see me differently. And really, like I said, in the special, which is something my psychiatrist said to me, which was just that this is just information about you. And now you know how to take care of yourself. That's all. And then you just adjust and then everything's great. It's not like this bad thing. Mm -hmm. It's just information about who you, who and how you are. Optimize how you work. Exactly. That's it. It's fine. So I, once I wrote that joke, I was like, okay, I don't want it to be a huge part of the hour, but it is a significant thing that happened to me and something I do want to talk about. But if it's too much, it's going to, I think, make it seem like this traumatic thing. So I wanted, I, I like the arm floaties bit because it's, it's communicating that it's just like, Hey, it's just something about you. Mm -hmm. Like, I know I just spent like six minutes on it, but that's not the entire hour. That's not all I'm going to talk about here. Mm -hmm. It's just a part of me. It's a piece of me. It's something I learned this year. And when I wrote that joke, I was like, now I have to make sure that I'm writing things around it that, because if it was just that joke, it still sounds like a bad thing. It sounds like mm-hmm. you're being now you a have bitch. To explain yourself. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, now I have to make it clear that I don't. I'm not receiving it as a bad thing. This is funny. It reminds about me, of me when a like a big rapper, someone puts out a diss track against them, and then they're like, "Well, now I got to do." But you want that? Like you, you had a reason to write now. Like, you didn't want to be misunderstood. Yeah, I was afraid to write about it because I just didn't want to say the wrong thing. And I didn't want to make people feel bad. Mm. And I didn't, I just didn't want to mess up, I guess. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, if I'm going to talk about it, I want people to, I I don't want to make fun of it and be like, oh, I'm this fucking thing now. Look how fucked up I am. Like, I didn't want it to be that. So I was, I was nervous about that. And that was the only like I think we tried to put like that joke in a sizzle reel or something like (laughs) you know just the worst tried to use it to promote something and I was like we can't just use that joke alone without more context because I don't want people to see it and think that I'm like fuck being bipolar like I suck for this like that's not I hate being bipolar it's amazing right Yeah, yeah 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 Yeah, but that is sort of making a joke out of it without fully, yeah, exploring it. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. But you had a reason to write, and I think, and and mm-hmm. then this there was urgency behind the hour. It's also it was happening now. You're never going to feel the way you feel about it right at the beginning ever yes. again. So you yeah. have to put it together. Yeah, and you just as you get older, you go. I don't need to write a. I don't need to do all the jokes I come up with about everything. <laughs> so I was like, maybe I shouldn't do any jokes about it. Maybe mm. that needs to be something I keep for myself. And I thought about it for a long time, and ultimately decided I wanted to talk about it. But I was like, well, you can't take that back. You can't. Then everybody knows. Like I don't know. And then I was like. But that's why you should talk about it because the fact that you don't want people to know is sad and ridiculous and part of the stigma. And so that's why you should be doing jokes about it. So it was very complicated. There was a lot of feelings I had about it. And like, uh, that's where I'm at with the stuff with my dad where like, I have jokes I've written about what happened with my dad, but I have a lot of complicated feelings about it where I'm like, do I, is this something I want to put out there? Is this something I want other people to know? Is this fair to 
talk about the worst thing somebody else did, even though it happened to me and affected me, is it entirely mine to, you know, be public about and tell my side? You mean what led to the falling out? Yeah, yeah. The things he said? Yeah, yeah. They just, you know, there's a lot, but it's just, there's... Mm. You was know, money involved? no like money, money wasn't, wasn't involved. involved. No, the, I wish there was money involved. <laughs> you wish it was just. Cash. I wish it was that simple. Yeah. Yeah. No, it wasn't that. It mm. just like, you know, I think as you get older, I think it's you can make a lot of excuses for your parents, and it's hard sometimes to realize how bad certain things were until you're older. And I used to have a joke about it, um, about like, you don't realize your parents did certain things that were really bad. And so you talk to other people and they're like, fuck. Right. And I think everybody has that experience. Yep. It's pretty common. But even that makes you go like, everybody's parents did fucked up shit. And you have to hit like a certain breaking point where you go like, oh, no, this really isn't okay. And yes. But then at the same time, I have a lot of um, I have a lot of empathy I guess, and sympathy and honestly pity uh, for where he's at. And I don't want to, I don't want to be the sort of artist who just like burns everything to the ground anymore or just goes like everything is material for me Mm. to play with. And like, Mm. this is my next one man show. Like I, I get nervous about that and I, I've tried to be, careful about it over the years when I do talk about parents or exes or whatever that I'm always trying to make it sound like it's also my fault. Well, you did a great job with that. There's a part of your special where you're kind of saying it right into the lens where you're like, you turned him into your floaties and that wasn't a safe relationship for him. Yeah. That was as scathing as anything you said against anyone else and it was clearly against yourself or or oh yeah that's the yeah yeah, dustin told me that he's like that's the most vulnerable vulnerable part of the special is where you take responsibility for what happened with insert my ex-fiance's name here and i'm Mm -hmm. like yeah like that's brandis yeah (laughs) it was brandis right brandis (laughs) not brandis brandis that's really really interesting i i like what you're talking about because i think there's a certain point where it's not whiny or naggy or or weak or bad but you have to go like hey my shit is my shit and what happened wasn't really okay and that and that's okay yeah you know what i mean like i i have certain family members i'll complain about my family and i can still see the program they're running where it's like yeah they did the best they could or or whatever is like uh we we didn't have it as bad as the johnsons remember the johnsons they were kleenox boxes for shows or whatever it was or at least we had this or at least we had that and that's all beautiful and those are nice defense things that kind of keep things copacetic and running inside that's fine i'm for that i still have some of those programs and they benefit me but i also through therapy found that it's okay at some point to go like yeah no my parents didn't uh hit me or whatever you want to say but there was this and that hurt me in this way and that's okay i don't think anything is gained in having this like like the great depression mentality where it's like sure my parents said this this and this but have you seen the value of a dollar there's bigger fish to fry right it's like go ahead and fry your fish your fish are valid right right seems to be the lesson you're learning yeah where you're like they fed me so i can't be mad right about the psychological torment like that kind of thing where you're like 
no, that's not. Doesn't Rock have that bit about like you're supposed to like I have put a I roof over your head. Kids. Yeah, and yeah. it's like that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, I have a bit about it too, where my daughter didn't thank me. I cooked her lunch, and she didn't say thank you. And I was like, yeah, you know, I yanked you into this. You, yeah, you, you, I sort of owe you. Yeah, you don't owe me anything. You I don't have yanked to you I into yanked this. You. I thought it was so funny too. That's it, so I've funny. only done it once, and it worked okay. But I, yeah, I, and I also turned on my parents. I was like, your father worked hard to send you to college. It's like he fucking should have. He yanked me into this. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I was, yeah. You know, this is spiritualizing it, but I was just nothing. No thing is another yeah. way to look at nothing. I Meaning I was just totally fine. And then suddenly I'm peeing. I'm like, I have man boobs and like right, peeing right. on my own pants and stuff. Like, uh, yeah, you should make me lunch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. That's so funny. I would love to give you my hour and just be like, can you rewrite this? <laughs> Do you, are you concerned about um, writing jokes uh, as a parent? Like, are you going to run your jokes about... About Leela? Yeah. B- past her? You know, it's interesting. Maybe If I'm, you have any. I have some jokes about... What is a joke I had about her? Maybe she's too young right now, but... I have a joke about pulling down her diaper and pushing her, her butt against the window of, of Val's car. Right, that's... But then she started pooping, and it was and so I'm smearing But poop she's around. a baby. I agree. So, But yeah. it did occur to me that I was like, she might not like... Like, I... I, I'm trying to stay in touch with the part of me that when my parents would tell some story, usually about my brother, like, remember when you sang the Meow 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 song and he really right. hated it? Yeah. So I don't want to do that. But I'm also like, I don't know, we treat Leela like she's a, a celebrity. And I don't mean that in a weird way. Yeah. I, I'd be sort of nervous talking. Like, I just want her to like me so badly. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's so funny. Like, if she pays attention to us, we're like, like <laughs> if she holds my hand, I'm like, <laughs> like, there's no. That's so funny. I guess it, there's this it might be self-serving, but we don't we really don't feel like we own her. We just yeah. can't. So when she chooses us or like snuggles with us watching TV, we're just like she's also pretty fierce. Yeah. So she doesn't always want to snuggle. So when she does, you're like really really into it. She's like a cat. She's is like a cat. And so I'm if you cat. ever do have a joke about her, you probably will be like, "Is this cool with you?" I think so. Yeah. I do that with Val. Yeah. When I, one of my favorite memories is when we were doing Crashing, I was just like, I, I don't know. I, I've called Val so many nicknames over the years, but I was like, is it okay if I'm just, if we're riffing and I say boo or so, let's say I was calling her boo and I call the actress boo. She's like, that's fine. But then she was like, there was one nickname that she didn't want me to use and it was really sweet. She was like, Aww. let's say it was Senator Lonely Pants. She was like, just don't call her Senator Lonely Aww. Pants. And I was like, you do care. That's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's so yeah. I'm. I feel very strongly about that in relationships now. Running it by. Yeah. Where when I was younger, I was kind of like, "This is what it is." This you what know? it is? You signed up for this. Is this. what you signed up for? And then like a few years ago, I started being like, "If there's ever anything that you don't like, mm. it's gone. It's out." Yeah. Like, it's. I had a joke about something my grandma said that I ran past her before quarter life, and she like. At first was fine with it and then thought about it for a day and was like, you know what? Maybe not. And I was like, gone. Done. Really? Yep. What was it? <laughs> you just do I it. I just do it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit. I'm sorry. Pete asked. <laughs> no, but it's like, you know, and it was something I didn't think was that bad at all. But like, it's up to everybody. So like. Yes. I think. I'm trying to think. I had a joke about Val having big boobs 
And somebody sent me a screen grab when the, my special aired the number of people that Googled Pete Holmes' wife boobs. Like, and, oh, and yeah. And kind of drove home just what an age we're living in. Yeah. First of all, don't Google it. Nothing comes up. Nothing comes up. But like, up. what do you think? Who do you think I'm dating? Right. <laughs> and then, it. but it made me realize just how interconnected and how everything is available. And yeah. so it isn't just me saying she has big boobs. It's potentially people looking at her in a specific way, or, or which is her business in, right. in, a, in a peripheral way. Yeah. So that made me more sensitive to it. Yeah. It's just, you know, and it's just figuring it out. I mean, I my special came out during covid at the beginning of covid and so my life changed a lot during Mm. like quarantine Mm. and that was a weird time to be like and also i was like dating somebody who's also a public figure a comedian and i think like that was interesting to go through that of like oh this is like a very public Mm. not that like you're not like fucking benefit or anything like no one gives a shit but some people like no, I remember people that. ask you know that people, was a part of our quarantine that yeah. apartment and your two heads yeah it <laughs> was, was you're, you're like we'll do a web series and yeah. we'll do a podcast and if and, i saw that i would be taken back to the feeling yeah. of like two weeks this is two weeks ah, that's hilarious <laughs> that's so funny no and i'm like i'm so grateful for like that period of time and but like it was, and I think we did a really good job when we did break up. Like, I think we were super respectful and, like, didn't talk about it. And didn't, but, like, you just have people DMing you about it. And, like, I had somebody on the street in New York come up to me and be like, are you, oh, my God, I'm listening to so-and-so's podcast. Like, that's so cool. And, like, talked to me for a little bit and then was like, is this too personal a question? Can I ask if you got, and I'm like, Sure, you can ask i guess like it's just a weird thing where if you, you forget yeah yeah yeah. You know. but i was so you know i was really i i you know you put a lot out there and then you forget it's the same with doing jokes about like your sexual preferences and then everybody's like so you like it this way and you're like who told you that oh it was me yeah. so it's it's the same thing where like now going forward in relationships like it's i i don't i don't anticipate being in that situation again where i'm dating another comedian where we're having people yell our names at each other at shows Mm. and i don't i don't anticipate that happening again but like it it does make you go into things going like okay how much am i gonna share Mm -hmm. of my personal life you know going forward based on the new information i have like i don't really post my family either Mm. because i just you know people are weird I think about this with, I know it's such a cliche, but I had this revelation that ended in you're your own worst enemy, Mm -hmm. which is a cliche, unfortunately, because as I was having the revelation, I was like, this, the world needs to know this, but it's become just a trope or a maxim, like you're your own worst enemy. But there's, it's really true. I worry about my Alexa or whatever snooping on us, but it's me who talks about whatever, jerking off or some weird thing that if my Alexa leaked it, I'd be like, hey, but it's yeah. you. 
Yeah. But what's the difference? It's just a story I tell myself that I'm like, but I leaked it. Similarly, yeah. if the government was putting something in the air that was raising my cholesterol and increasing my chance of dying, I'd be in the streets picketing. But if it's me eating French fries at 3 a.m., I'm like, I'm King Ralph. Ah! 1984's King Ralph. And I'm just loving life. But yeah. it's me that's murdering me. Yeah. And it's me that's ru- like spilling my privacy. Yeah. That's. Yeah. So it's just more. You just got to think three steps ahead before you do the Val Boob joke. For well, example. that's what it is. Yeah. I, it's it's not even kids as much as I'm just realizing. Like the joke I always reference is I have a bit called I Hate My Girlfriend's Friends. And I really like that joke. But like it's awkward having dinner with my in-laws. And I know they've probably seen it. Yeah. Because there's a whole part about how I don't like in-laws. I don't need yeah. to double up on parents. Yeah. I've never been with my parents and been like, I need more of this shit. Yeah. And it ends with, uh, what are we going to fish? I fuck your daughter. Yeah. Which is a good line. Which is a great line. But. And you're like, and I, and I don't feel that way, but no, I do. I don't and I do. Yes. We're back to paradox. Can it be both? It's both. I've grown past that and it's still kind of true. Yeah. You hate me, but you love me, but I love you and I yes. hate you and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I dated, I, I had a moment with someone I was dating where they were like, they heard a joke I did. About like wanting a guy who like gives up on his dreams and just stays home and takes care of my kids. Wow. And they were like, I feel like that's really what you want. I'm like, it's not, but it is, but it's yeah. not. Yeah. Like it that joke was about what I thought I was in a place in my early twenties where I was like, what would actually work practically mm. like for me? It probably this. And I thought it was very funny. Mm. But it didn't mean that like everybody i dated while i was telling that joke and after i was just like can't wait till they give it up like <laughs> i didn't feel that way at all i wanted somebody who was really into their work and their job like of yes. course i did but in that moment it's also true that if i you know at 25 or whatever met somebody who was like had this dream but was like you know what let's have kids and stuff. like i that also would have been great like there yeah. was it's both I also think it's a whole council up there. It's a whole boardroom. Yeah. And I think one of the things that comedy does is it gives the microphone to different aspects of your personality that you usually repress. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, let's get the horny guy. Horny is always my go-to because when you're horny, sex makes a lot of sense. And when you're not horny, it, it doesn't crazy. make any sense. Yeah. But I think that's that's like a lot of... When you're hungry, food makes a lot of sense. And when you're not hungry, all of the... When you're desperate... You know, when you're this, when you're that. So when I watch, for example, Bill Burr, who I know is a compassionate and loving and kind person, and he goes on stage and he's letting certain parts of his psyche have the mic, that's actually, I think it's, it can be a service. It can be interesting and difficult at times mm. because that's what it's like up here. Interesting and difficult. Sometimes you do have a voice that says like, I just want a guy that would give up on his dreams and be with me. Right. You know what I mean? And I think there's a real loneliness in thinking you're the only one. We're back to... When you am I the only one that's hearing that? Yeah, it's like I, I remember. I haven't thought about this in a while, but when I got stoned one time, and I went to you ever go to bed, but it's just it's just kicking in, like you you thought you were getting like you ate, oh. ate an edible or something. Yes, have you ever done weed? Yeah, yeah, I okay. used to use edibles like every night, and okay. then it turned on me. Oh, I know. yeah, that happens to a lot of folks. I know. 
I would take an edible and, and then I'd silly go to bed and it was too strong and now I'm just in bed stoned. Like you thought it would help you sleep, but you're just like riding the hurricane and being really stoned. Yeah. But I was like, oh my God, stand up is beautiful because it's looking at what's, what it's like to have a brain and then reporting back to the tribe. And then they all go like, oh, it's not just me. It's not just me. And that's, again, like we're our own worst enemy. That seems so obvious, but I think that's actually really special if you can go in, find weird thoughts, present them proudly and have other people who either don't have the interest or the time or the luxury to do that go, oh, I'm less alone, I'm less afraid, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Let's pray. <laughs> Heavenly Father, do you have any God? You So zero God? I just don't know. Yeah. I don't have zero God. I just don't know. Yeah. I have very profound moments of like, oh man, whatever it is, I feel it, love it. It's oh, great. we did really finish your mushroom story like that. Was that one? Yeah, that's how I felt. I just felt like, wow, like I, it was the most empathetic, compassionate, at peace I had ever felt, and was just like, it's really all fine. Like, mm. I had a lot. I have a lot of feelings about death and dying, where I'm just like, well, if it's gonna happen, like, what are we even doing? Who cares? Like, this is pointless. And then on mushrooms, I'm like, because it's just, it's not. It's just not yet, just not now. And when that happens, that'll be fine too. And right mm. now, it's fine. Like, but I don't feel that way naturally. That is a mushroom-specific feeling. <laughs> <laughs> so, but so there's no. But you wouldn't say you're an atheist. You're just sort of like no. uh, I don't know what's just going agnos- agnostic, agnostic. I guess. Agnostic. Yeah. Oh, that's agnostic. If man. some, yeah, if somebody like told me, I'm very open. Yeah. To whatever, like I think. Nothing sounds super crazy to me unless it's, I know exactly what it is. Yeah. That sounds crazy to me. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. if people are like, I think maybe it's just, we're all connected and maybe we come back as something else. And maybe not. Like that all, I that's very attractive to me. Mm. Not so much close your eyes and found a boundary on the other side of which it is not. Look, that will just make me, I've always had that. Like <laughs> since I was little, I had a lot of that like, well, why is it like, why are we... Like, don't look at your hands too long. Like, that kind of thing. <laughs> That's the feeling I don't like, where there's, like, there's no there's no uh, resolution to that feeling. You just mm. got to watch TikTok and get your mind off of it. I know what you mean. You know? It's either fun for you to go, like, how am I... That's not fun for me. How am I doing this? Yeah, I'm like... I, I barely... Th- Did you see that? Didn't even think about it. I'm not even thinking about this. Well, do you think about it or do you just remember that it happened? Like, which is happening? That's what I'm saying. I Are hate this. Moving? I hate ah! what we're doing. I hate it so much. I just want to have hands and use them when I need to. I don't want to think too much about it. Look, you it's... don't... I, I, I want to say this as your peer and as your equal, but for what it's worth, I just think it's lovely. I was going to say, you don't need my validation, but I'm giving it to you. <laughs> I just think it's great. It's all good. Did your dad really say be a werewolf like when you have bad feelings run into the woods uh no but he said that those were tags but he said um he Peter, said those were tags those were, <laughs> those those were, were tags pete this guy doesn't know how comedy tag. works is um <laughs> you say the true thing and then they get increasingly more ridiculous and those are the tags um <laughs> there's an initial laugh and then you build on it. <laughs> No, but he did say he was like, when I feel like this, I just get as far get as far away from people as you can. He really said that. He really said that, yeah. yeah. Until you feel different. He said a lot of things. He also said, if I weren't a Christian, I'd be in jail. Like, there's that's just a lot of... That's a common one for... for 
And it always troubles me. I actually riffed on it the it's other scary. night. scary. Where I was like, when they're like, what's to stop me from raping and murdering? I'm like... Yeah. They're like, the things I think about. The, You're like, wow. Okay. Yeah. The only thing is that's keeping you from that is a book. It's yeah, an old book. That's, that doesn't seem like enough. When Penn Jillette did this podcast, he was like, if the only thing keeping you from those activities is the Bible, you have bigger problems. Yes. Like you have, you have something going on, but it's, it's crazy how that's really what makes it a joke or, or interesting or, or worth mocking is how openly people will say that. It's yeah. like, if it weren't for hell, I'd be killing people. Yep. What? What? Yep. How detached we've come from, you know, you're in that one and I'm in this one, but we're the same. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's scary. <laughs> but then you're also like, thank God for the Bible, because I didn't know how many fucked up people we were cutting down on yeah. with this book, I guess. Yeah. Boy, I hate to agree with that, but there is something sort of uh, pragmatic about just like, look, that's a weird way to interpret it, but if, if it's, it's stopping right, you yeah. from killing me. If that's why I'm alive right now. Yeah, I'll then... happily, I'll happily take it. Uh, well, I'm sober, emo eater. Oh, emotional eater. Emotional eater. Dave, the show Dave. <laughs> Breakups, major recurring issue. Therapy, medication, panic, night. I just wrote down night for night tears. For night. <laughs> We're done with this. Um, that's going to burn. Thank you so much for watching it. That's so nice that of you. That was very nice. That was real that's, Katie right there. It's an hour. I like that we, we have the fan on you and both Katie and I are pretty glistening. <laughs> It's the Sleepy Summer series. I did series. appreciate that. Yeah. That was no, no question. Very nice of you. Couple, couple simple questions, and we'll we'll end. One, uh, what's your deal? No, I'm just kidding. One, <laughs> what? Can, when are you gonna stop? <laughs> when are you gonna give it up? Um, what can you? Is there anything in your life? It could be a ghost. Who inspires you? Oh like my what? God. <laughs> could be a ghost. What's oh, a, yeah. Uh, I like things that like don't compute don't make sense mm. uh it could be a ghost it could be a you went to a psychic and they told you something it could be anything supernatural paranormal uh anything you can't explain in that realm ufo i don't think i can explain anything that this is the space conversation again yeah where it's like i can't explain any of it i don't know why my hand's doing this yeah that's right it's all of it like, are you talking about like an instance that happened that you're like, that's yeah, usually, weird. I mean, this is where... What a only, coincidence. Is yeah. there meaning? Well, and I opened the door and it was John F. Kennedy or whatever. Ah. Like, like, this is where the people unload their ghost stories. This is where oh. people unload. I was on a roof in Brooklyn and I saw a flying Dorito. Oh, I wish like I had that. one of those. Nothing no, like that? No, nope, not any. even... No, I used to have... I used to have... Um, I used to have dreams about people right before uh i like started dating them seriously mm. like before i really knew them at all i would have a dream about them and be like that's weird this is a random person and then i'd start dating them that happened like on like three and i great now, answer now i'm like you're bipolar like that was probably what that was you're assigning meaning to your brain was just grabbing at people in sort of floating around in your subconscious from social media or whatever. But at the time, if it wasn't like I've never seen that person before. I see. And then I met them That's and was what? like, you're from my dream. Like it was people I, <laughs> it was people I barely knew that I would have a dream about. And I'd go, That's weird that I had a dream about them. And then they would somehow, we would somehow meet or connect or yeah. whatever. And so that was weird. But 
Then yeah. I got medicated and that stopped happening. So, <laughs> And that's why you never met the love of your life. And that's... Helio Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like that one. I thought I was just going to... I almost interrupted yeah. to say I thought that was a great answer. I also know what you mean. Val was looking at Instagram last night before bed and I went, casting your dreams. <laughs> ah, casting your dreams. That's what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, I can't do it. I have never been like a manifest person. Like mm-hmm. I don't really think... Like I'll do it because I'm a white lady, obviously, just yeah. in case. Yeah. But I don't generally... What do you feel about manifesting? It's a big conversation. It's a big conversation. When I'm down, I tend to go like, I should get manifesting. Like if I'm kind of yeah. like in an uncertain place in my life. Yeah. Um, real quick to make it a quick answer. I've had a lot of times in my life where I've met somebody who is exactly what I was picturing or this thing exactly yes. what I had been like obsessing about and dreaming yes. about and thinking about. Like working with Jed, like really, a lot of people have that feeling but like i was really like aiming towards it and i was really aiming towards working with conan and both of those things happened um in a really uh interesting way so i can't Mm. discredit it but i will tell you that i recently so these past couple months have been sort of slow i was thinking about what i wanted to have happen so i made a little vision board i'd never done a vision board before but i was like Mm. ron funches does it and one of them was John Hamm and a, a picture of what the show was about, this TV show I had written. And I was like, John Hamm, I even did some of the things. I would write it down sometimes. I'm like, I'm so happy and grateful that John Hamm loved my script and he is attached wow. to Star like just, just because I was like, even if this doesn't work, yeah. I'm, I'm still having You get to enjoy the fantasy. Time. Exactly. Yeah. And then John Hamm texted me and he was like, I, I, he did love the script, but he was like, I can't attach it this time. It's, it's, yeah. I can't do it. So then it's a weird feeling when my phone will occasionally be like, one week ago today, and it's that picture. And I'm yeah. like, what do you make of that? And I'm like, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't, yeah. I, I don't think it's like a, a magic always work sort of thing. And I don't even think it's about. I think it's more about finding what I was saying earlier, the flow. I'm open to the flow being making a TV show yeah. with John Hamm, but that doesn't mean I'm going to force that into reality. Because right. if you really stop and think about how many other lives I'd be affecting by my will, it's, uh, it's, I think it's infinite. If you look at the ripples that would, if John Hamm did that yeah. for six months and the, the crew and the writers and the actors, like... I'd be affecting a, a huge portion of humanity. I don't know, because you, you pointed out we're, we, we're pattern-recognizing machines mm-hmm. for sure. But Val and I, when you're in the flow, let's just enjoy this, whether or not it's literally true. But it just feels like that. Like when you're being who you're meant to be, being with who you're meant to be, so in your case, talking to Kelsey, meeting this guy, like synchronicities just kind of show up like Mm -hmm. they happen to us i mean like 10 out of 10 crazy synchronicities where like they happen so often val and i just share them briefly we used to write them down but now we're just like uh and remember he said uh al madrigal and then later al madrigal called me and he's called me twice in my life or whatever yeah yeah, things like that things like that like very often we'll be looking for a phrase like toboggan. Mm-hmm. And then like later that night, we decide to watch something different at night. We watch an old episode of whatever we've never seen before. And they say toboggan like five times in it. And we're just like, at this point, we're just like, I don't know. Yeah. So the way you feel about God is the way I feel about this stuff. Yeah. I think the, what, what we need to do is be humble and open 
And like with my John Hamm thing, there's no downside to just being like, hey, I'm game. I'm saying yes to a lot of things. I'm putting out a lot of feelers. You're putting out feelers for this person, whether or not it happens. Like you're doing your part. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If this doesn't happen, it's not going to be because of a lack of vision on on your part. Because I will say, you do have to see it first. I bet when you were young, you saw the Taylor Tomlinson that you are today, you know, in terms of your career. There was a part of you that could uh, believe it. There was a it. part of me, that, yeah, for sure. That could believe it. Yeah. I, maybe even a small part. Yeah. And I didn't mean to put that, maybe you didn't feel that way. I did, but not. I just didn't, not with stand-up specifically, because yeah. I didn't know how to do that. I didn't know what it was, because I was so sheltered. But I did feel that. Right. Yeah. It's like preaching. Yeah. But with more F-bombs. Exactly. <laughs> not too many more. Um, and the final question, I'm still thrilled that you did this. Thank you for coming in. Oh my God, thank you for having me. Um can you think of a time in your life where you laughed really, really, really hard? Uh, oh my God, yes, I had one. <sighs> it's so recent. Okay, yes, I do have one. I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to read it. I don't know if I'll be able to read it. It's a text or something. Do I have? It's it's a tweet, and I want to make sure I. Where oh, is it's it? On the. Oh my God, I lost my phone. Okay, it's just. What is time? Um, okay, I I also got off of Twitter. Um, so this is Beck on Twitter. It just says B-E-C. So I guess it's at Beck on Twitter. Uh, every time a new Stranger Things season drops, people are like, we all love Blorpy, the beloved new character. And then a week later, how could they just kill Blorpy like that? Open your eyes. (laughs) (laughs) I have sent that tweet to so many people. Blorpy. And I still can't read it without laughing. Just how could they just kill Blorpy like that? Open your eyes. That is there's a certain breath takeaway feeling to that joke. I love that. Isn't joke. that nice? It's yes. really fun. This that's why I watch Stranger Things to feel a part of something. That's so and that funny. tweet was so I laughed so hard. Yes. Did they do that again, C's four? Have you not watched it? Because after you have a baby... Uh, oh, you don't care. Well, Val didn't... Well, I don't care, and Val didn't want to watch Scary Oh, yeah, they did. They did that this they season. They again? Yeah, yeah. They they, they brought in another again. Blorpy. Always a Blorpy. <laughs> and oh Blorped them right out. My only Stranger Things bit was the scariest things <laughs> in Stranger Things is that it's the awkward years. <laughs> there are parts of it where you were like... She's getting bullied? Like, is she going to get her period? Like, where's yeah. the demigorgon? Yeah. Like, you are a little bit, like, because they're doing the 80s thing also, yes, but yes. you're like, I don't really care. Like, it could have been shorter. That's my review of this oh, really? season. I didn't hear anybody talking about it. Oh, I feel like everybody. Oh, were they? So, yeah. See, I think this is it. Val and I are just you got in a baby. house with a baby. You really are. Like, I, hey, nobody was talking about, about it. it. Just, you know why? Because I have a bit where I put in whatever show I think everyone's talking about. And, and is I was it? Like, I can't do Stranger Things. Nobody's oh, even talking Stranger about Things that. is massive. You can absolutely. What were you using instead of Stranger? Well, Things? I would do Stranger Things first three seasons. I've I've been doing oh. the joke for a while. Then I changed it to Ted Lasso, and that was real hot. Okay. And then I thought about putting it back to Stranger Things, and now I might. Stranger Things is is it? It's it. Yeah. It, it was it good? It was okay. Too long. Now we're you just know, talking. everyone I talked to is either like it was the greatest season ever, yeah, or they're like me where they're like it feels pretty long. The the fin- every episode was an hour and a half long, really, and there were nine, and the last one was two and a half. I'm going to go ahead and say this. Uh, I think it's because I'm 43 and because I have a baby, but like I can't, I can't care. 
Yeah. I've started doing what my, I have that I have a joke about how my mom called Celine Dion Celine Dijon. Yeah. It takes me so long to remember the names of like anything. Yeah. Like I struggled to find Harrison Ford the other day. And I was like, <laughs> you, you know what it is? Every you just thought, wrote Gun Guy Star Wars. Yeah. Hans <laughs> question mark. Uh my daughter co- you know co-regulates. It's it's something we've sort of talked about without talking about it. It's like in relationships another person can help you regulate your life. Like they're there with you to help you with your life. And with Leela, I have another brain now. When she says something, like I'm really locked on and listening. And she's saying a lot of kind of nonsense a lot of the time, just saying like booty bomb and stuff. She loves saying booty bomb. But every time she says it, I'm like, what? Oh, a booty bomb. Okay, booty bomb. Yeah. So it's like I have another stream. I have two streams of consciousness in my brain. So I'm exhausted. Do you know? Do you, yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I have another brain that I have to listen to as intently as I do to my own brain. Right. That's, yeah. that's, that's why parents are so tired. That makes sense. And also you don't care about Stranger Things. Like I... I think about the me that used to play like a video game and was like, where do you get the key to the dungeon? And I was like, I'm trying to find my actual keys. <laughs> like, I can't find the key to the dungeon. That's so funny. I'm just checking the time. Okay, where'd you go? Um, T-Tom, whoa, we went, we we went we a long three time. hours? 2.35. Wow, look at us. <sighs> we did it. We did it. I'm so glad we did. Did you enjoy it? I did, yeah. Did you enjoy it? I did. I really okay, enjoyed good. it. I really enjoyed it. And I was nervous and we already covered that. Yeah, I was nervous too. Have you ever almost died? <laughs> I sneak it in. I feel like we talked. Did we talk about this in the first? I did almost, we? I feel like I almost got murdered in Alaska once. What? But yeah, it's not like I don't want to. You know, I wasn't like in the car. But yeah, I got left at a college after I did a gig. All the kids left, and they're like, "You're fine, right?" I was like, "Yeah." I called a taxi, and the taxi took like forty-five minutes to come. And so I was just sitting there, and I was like, "I can go back in the building if I have to." But then the building was locked, so I was just there. And there's this guy in a pickup truck who started circling the building I was standing by. Oh, and after no. a few uh, times, he went around. He like got out of his car and was like coming at me. And then what do you mean? Like just how fast? Like, I mean, a very, uh, you know, a pretty aggressive walk. I hate this story. Uh, yeah. And I think I was like, you know, when you just all the play, I, it's just, you know, you're like, well, this is it. Like, there's literally no one here. I can't run anywhere. Like, it's happening right now. And then as he was coming toward me, the a taxi, finally, the taxi showed up. My phone also wasn't working for some reason wherever we were. Yeah, and because we're in a horror movie. Because we're in a horror movie so in Alaska. To, Welcome to the gig, Taylor. Yeah. Uh, you'll notice your phone doesn't work. I know. And so then the taxi was coming up. and With the uh, taxi pulled up just in the neck. Yeah. And as the taxi pulled up, he when he I saw the taxi and he turned and saw it. And then as soon as he saw it, he turned around and ran back to his car and drove away. So if he was like a nice person, he would have been like, oh, good. I was just making sure like that would have been the, but he wasn't that. So everyone hates this story. I know it's a rough one. Everyone. Hates yeah. That and story. then I like went back to my hotel room and called my ex-boyfriend like, thank you so much for always making sure you knew where I was. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it was a rough this is a rough one. But that happened. You know, that shit happened when you're like young and 21 and doing like weird colleges and like nothing towns. Like I had people try to break into my hotel rooms at like 2 AM and really? yeah. Oh yeah. Where you'd like call the front desk and be like, why, why was someone trying to get into my room? Was that a mistake? And they were like, we don't know. And you're like, Oh, okay. Glad I latched it. Yeah. You mean the door opened? Oh yeah. It was Chicunk. like, yeah. 
And you it was got like a two- shagunk? Oh, multiple times, yeah. Multiple times shagunk? Yeah. Which is why now I like stay in safer hotels and stuff. But at the time, you're just staying at the cheapest option in, again, nowhere-ville yes. in between gigs like in the winter. And you're 21. I'm like very young. I'm by myself. You know? Yeah. On- only only this face. I know. I don't know. It, it's, because I as, a, as a parent now, too, I'm just like, I'm dead. Yep. Can't. Yeah. Dead. It's very scary. I'm so glad you're okay. I'm glad we went out on a high note. All right. When's the last time you farted accidentally in front of somebody? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. You don't I have haven't to. in a while. New relationship. So I've been taking a lot of offensive Pepto. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, when you take it, you're like, I'm fine, but I'm going to make sure I'm fine. Yeah, why aren't girls all over gas X? They, I, I they? am. I think they are. Are they? I don't know. I that am. Explains Katie? it. Yeah. Really? I thought it was just something with the ovaries absorbed all the farts. No, no, no. We're we're taking care of that. Pre- that's preemptive. Pepto. Yeah, I take my birth control and my Pepto at the same time. <laughs> Do it on the stage. Should I? Okay. It's so funny. It's also just like revelatory to me that I'm yeah. like, who? new yeah i have a joke about when i was working on the last show i was working on the best part of it was at the end of the day you'd go in your car and fart and i tell it to watch people not laugh because it's a fart joke and i'm like guys look we just have to talk about this like i know it's not like cutting edge but it's the truest thing i can say yeah and it's one of the best feelings in the world yeah (laughs) it's really nice It's relief. It's pure relief. It's pure relief. Yeah. It's solo you time. Yeah. What's the last thing you did for yourself? Farted alone in my car. It's like a little trip to Orlando. It is. (laughs) Yeah. When I fart, that's what it sounds like. Orlando. It's just that song from Book of Mormon. (laughs) Well, thank you. Watch Look at You on Netflix and we didn't talk about it, but you have to do a show at some point. I'd love to do a show. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll write it. Oh, you mean a TV show? <laughs> yeah, I TV thought show. you meant your show at Largo. Oh, you'll do my Largo show. Yeah. That's how low show. my self esteem is. I was no. like, oh, you want me to do a show? Show. Where's the Tetons yeah. TV? We're trying to get we're trying to get a movie made right now, so we'll see how that oh, goes fun. if anything happens. But nothing ever does. So this is. I mean, yeah. I mean, it will happen. Manifest. And John Hamm is attached. <laughs> Wait, now we he's gonna it. do it. Now he's gonna do it. I had him in my in my swirl, but it was for you. Not it was for, for me. me. <gasps> Orlando. <laughs> Thank you, Taylor. Would you say keep it crispy? Keep the, it crispy. There it is for the second <laughs> time. That was awesome. Thank you.